small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today, she was a guest co-host in 2015 for an episode we called All Paul, and that was all Paul McCartney music, just his solo catalog. Today she's joining us, because now we're going to finally talk about Wings, or Paul McCartney and Wings, however you say it. Please welcome Gwyn Ashley. Gwyn, hello. Hello, Pat. How about that? That's amazing. That's, I can't, can't believe it was so long ago. I can't either. You walked in and you're like, when did we do that? And I looked it up in my uh, nerdy little file. I'm like, we did that in uh, September of <laughs> that 2015. Dropped on. It, it dropped, and then this person <laughs> who did the artwork. And uh, Gwen, uh, what have you been up to since the last time you were here? You're still working for Standards and Practices? Is that I what am. it's called? Yes. Well, we call it Program Practices at CBS for no real reason that I know of. <laughs> when did they change that from the aforementioned standards and practices? No idea, Pat. I have no idea. And I don't know why. We're, I think we're the only ones that call it program practices. I think everyone else. I just say standards uh, because it's easier Yeah, for my shows. <laughs> like people know what standards and practices is. S&P. Right. Now, if you the, say program practices, they think that you have something to do with like delivering the show or, you know. So it's P and P now, but if you say it too quick, then it's PP. It's pee And then it's, then you got to bleep then that. Then I got to bleep it. You got to bleep that. <laughs> what, uh, what was the biggest thing you just worked on? Well, we had the Super Bowl this year. All right. And What's at, it, what do you have to bleep at the Super Bowl though? Well, um, if someone in the, you know, for the, for the pregame, someone in the crowd mm-hmm. flips off the camera or something <laughs> like that, or I mean. All right. So it's just not audio. You guys can, uh, you guys can censor a lot of things, correct? Yes. We usually have what we call a God shot, mm-hmm. and that would be maybe the back of the auditorium or something like that, so All right. we cut away to that. So, cool. Yeah. Well, let's move on. There you go. You've learned everything. I've, I mean, I've been, I've been on sets of live uh, things when they're, when they're doing it. It's fascinating. There's so many balls in the air. It's crazy. Yeah. If you, if you, people take it for granted now. Like, if you just watch the Super Bowl broadcast... And if you really think about what, like people take it for granted, like, oh, there's a camera down by the ball or there's, there's this <laughs> one's tracking across the field or those lines aren't really on the field. They're put in there now with um, superimposed in there just for. It's crazy what they do. Like, I know my mom who's 82 thinks that that yellow line is just on the field. And it moves all the time. And it moves all the time. Like she has no idea that it's not like if I said, oh yeah, they put that in there. Oh, what do you mean they put it in there? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's true. Oh, how? Oh, how did they do that? That's not, they don't do that. <laughs> you're crazy. Um, okay, look, here we are. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about wings. Is it Paul McCartney and wings or is it wings? Oh, I think it's Paul McCartney and wings. On, it feels like on every album I have, it says Paul McCartney and wings. I call it Paul McCartney and wings. I was, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, Mm-hmm. I never loved the name Wings, I gotta say. Did you? you? Look, look what I'm doing with my hands. I see. I'm making wings. Um, I guess I never really thought about it too much. I, I mean, I like Paul McCartney and Wings. Sure. But it, just Wings just is wings. a, no. Sounds like a, a band name I would make up when I was Yeah, it sounds like 13. some heavy metal uh, band from the Sunset Strip. <laughs> 
You know, they fought, they opened for Motley Crue. The Roxy. In 82 at the Roxy, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Wings, I mean, why did they choose that name? I'm sure someone will be emailing me and saying, yeah. you and Gwen didn't know half of anything about Wings. I know I read that story a long time ago, mm-hmm. but I don't remember now. I know I used to draw it on my folders at school all the time, the, well, the logo. There's nothing bad with doing that. Eh. I used to draw the Van Halen logo. It's nope. same, same principle. It's got Wings on it. Hey. Got a V and an H with wings on it. I guess that's true. Yeah, David Lee Roth and wings. <laughs> <laughs> so these, uh, the thing that made me think uh, or decide to do this is because two of the uh, wings, Paul McCartney and Wings albums, uh, <laughs> just came out as part of the yes. uh, Paul McCartney archive collection. Yeah, they were the first Wings album, Wildlife. Yes, which I had never heard in my life. Oh. I, I had never heard even one song on this album. Me neither, Pat. Really? Yeah. And you're and you're you're a Paul fan. I love Paul more than anything in the world. <laughs> here's here's what I think happened. I was I was about ten, and I I was gifted the uh, Wings Over America album mm-hmm. because I had recently decided I loved Paul McCartney, and my brother gave me that album for Christmas. I think it was my brother Kevin. That's a trip. Sorry, that's, Kevin. That's a that's a nice gift. It's uh, Three disc set at right. the time. Well, yeah, vinyl folds, opens up That's big, right, and a good poster. Yes, and um, so I realized I knew a lot of the songs, but I, I, I feel like someone told me that you know the first couple albums really weren't worth my time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was my brother. I don't know, but you know, for a ten-year-old who has limited money, yeah, you're only going to buy the stuff that you know is going to be really good. Yes. So for a long, 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 long time, I didn't really pay attention to the first three albums, not even Ram. Well, Ram's a Paul and Linda album. That's Paul and Linda, yeah. But I, I mean, I but didn't... Yeah, in the, in the chrono- chronological order, yes. I didn't even bother. Yeah. And um, I got to say, I'm not, you know, Wildlife is, uh, it's a beginning album. Yeah, I was really excited to hear it because I had never heard it. And then I'm listening to it in the car and I'm like, eh, mm. all right. I bet there's people, though, that'll say that it's their favorite Wings album. I'm sure. But um, it didn't really grab me. No. Me neither. Me neither. We're still going to play songs from it, though. And we're going to start with Gwen Ashley. Let me tell you who's the lineup for Wildlife. Came out in 1971. One? 1971 is, I think, what I said. 1971 (laughs) Wildlife. We got Paul McCartney. We got Linda McCartney. We got Denny Lane. And we got Denny... How do you spell his name? Sewell? 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 I think. Two Denny's in the band. Yeah. You know one of them is eventually going down, right? <laughs> you can't have two Denny's in the band. No. Well, it's confusing. It is confusing. That's why, that's why Mick Taylor's not in the Stones anymore, right? There's too many, too many Micks. Is you can't that have, why? No. <laughs> but you can't have too, too many Micks. So um, I don't mean Irish people. You can have as many Irish people in the band as you want. Did you just slur Irish people? I believe. Are you Irish? Right before St. Patrick's <laughs> before Day. Before St. Patrick's Day. I am a little bit Irish, yeah. Okay. Well, you look, you look a little bit Irish. <laughs> Thank you. You're drunk right now, too, right? I'm a little drunk. That might also be a slur. Yeah. All right. What's your first song from Wildlife? My first song from Wildlife <laughs> <laughs> is Tomorrow. All right. Let's hear a little bit of Tomorrow. Nope. There we go.
he's, he's singing about hanging around on Sunday. That's what we're doing right now. We're hanging around. We're not in a park. Not in a park. It's it's uh, it's Oscar Day mm-hmm. here in uh, here in L.A. At the time of this record, Oscars <laughs> are tonight. You got any predictions for us? Me? Yeah. Uh, I predict that I will be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> There's no host, so we we won't be able to talk about uh, anyone tomorrow. We won't be able to say that person was great or that person was terrible. It was really slow in the middle. Did you see? Uh, the host really only introduces the show and then disappears. Yeah. For most of the show, it's and then true. comes out in the middle. Do, uh, to make a joke or something. Yeah, to make a joke. Yeah. Did, you, uh, did you see all the films? No. Did you? I did. Ooh. I saw all of the films. Yeah. And um, The way you say that makes me think you have some thoughts. I don't want to. I mean, this is a music podcast where I want to pontificate about the, the movies. That, I can tell you one thing. The movie everyone's talking about that's going to win tonight, I found to be extremely uh, boring and a waste of my time. Wow. You know what? I feel like I saw you post about this <laughs> on Facebook. And as my, uh, as my 18-year-old would say, you're an old man yelling in the wind. <laughs> How dare you? I have opinions. <laughs> uh, all right. The song that I like, or my first song from Wildlife, is actually, it's not even an original song. It's a, it's a cover song. It's Love is Strange. It's, Okay. What's going on? What's up? No, no, go ahead. Give me a look. No, no, I just want to hear it. Maybe love is strange. Is it a cover? Many, many if it's if it's not, then I'm giving misinformation. But I will. No, no, you're probably right. I'm not always right. My sweet baby, love is strange. I'm right about that movie, though. Yeah, many, many people. <laughs> That song was written by Mickey Baker, Sylvia Vanderpool, and Ethel Smith. That's an old-timey name, isn't it? Yeah, Ethel Smith. Oh, that's a song Ethel wrote. (laughs) That was originally recorded by Mickey and Sylvia. Love is Strange. So that's... That's that's a cover that they did. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's difficult for me with wildlife. It just, (laughs) it was hard to find songs that I liked, really. I I mean, to be honest. Yeah. When you were like two songs from every album, I was like, really? Two? Two from wildlife? Aren't we going to skip that one? We'll mention it and move on? And move on? I know people, I know my listeners have posted that they like wildlife. I know they have. So, you know, come come at us. Go ahead. We'll take it. I think that. What what I can say about tomorrow though is that you can hear the wings harmony right off the bat. Yeah, I mean that's just classic. And as we know, that's uh, that's Paul, and then it's Linda with her mic turned down, and then it's uh, Denny Lane. <laughs> Isn't that the wing sound? Paul lead vocal, Linda with her mic and keyboard off, and then. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to talk about it. You're going to get so many emails right now. We, uh, you know, I, they, I, okay, I can't play anything. I can't play an instrument at all. So No, I can't. I can't either. But if I, but if I did, you would certainly turn it up. <laughs> what is your next song from Wildlife? Can you do it? Can you pick two? I did. I actually like this one more, Dear Friend, because it's so sweet. You know, I like Sweet Paul. All right, Sweet Paul. Dear friend, throw the wine. I'm in love with a 
sad, dramatic piano. <laughs> I wonder who played that. Uh, it says Paul. It says Paul and Linda both played piano, so I'm assuming that was uh, Paul. I'm going to say Paul. Yeah. I think that's smart. Um, you can give me a, you can like give me like a, a cue when you want me to, when you want me to fade it down. I, you, I, I gave you an out. Well, you gave me, you did give me an out, but I can only set up the, the beginning cue, but I appreciate you giving me the out cue also. So I did that for nothing? Mm. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so when you think so we've I'll heard count. enough, you can just go. I'll count. Just do that. You don't have to count. It doesn't have to be exactly, but when you think we've heard enough. All right. But uh, I got to be honest, you, uh, you're more prepared than some of my uh, rotating co-hosts. Well, you, you were, uh, you, you're, you, and you had great, you had great cue points. Like a lot of people just come in and go eh, and play it from the top. I'm like, well, the top, the top might, there might play for a minute and 15 yeah, seconds no, no, before. No. I only, I only have a limited amount of time. I want to showcase yeah. my favorite part of the song. It, you did. You did a great job. I thought your cues were perfect. Thank you. Yeah. So good for you. Thank you, Pat. My next song from wildlife. And I guess then we're closing it out, right? We're going to move on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this is some people never know. And again, it was hard to pick. Uh, it was hard to pick two songs. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what's weird for me right now, Gwen. Hmm. We're talking about how we don't like wildlife. And I have to say that the four songs we played, I liked. Yeah. So, so are those the only four? Yes. Yes, they are. I'm going to say that too. Those are the four. I mean, um, what, I, was, what was good is you sent me your list first. So, cause like I was going to pick one of the ones you picked, but then it forced me to pick two other ones. So there's a couple of times when I couldn't pick another one. And so we have the same one. But for something like this, I'm like, oh, well, now I got to pick two different ones. No, I know. But I like the two uh, I like the two I pick and I like the two you pick. I was actually just thinking about that the other day, how lucky you were to get my list first. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we going to talk about Give Ireland Back to the Irish? Which was uh, a bonus song from the same period. Oh, certainly. Yeah, certainly. Hmm. No, I have that on the list. Yeah. Thank, okay. you, for, thank you for reminding me. Okay. I mean, we are in a hurry to move on. I know <laughs> We're not in a hurry to move There's on. There's better stuff to get to. Um, but give Ireland back to the Irish. It's Paul's stab at being um, political. That's not bad. I mean, I, it's pretty I, good. It's weird because I just made fun of the Irish earlier. See? It's all coming around. It's, it's going to bite you in the So ass. this was on the Wildlife bonus disc. It was. But so, I mean, I've heard it before. So when you purchase Wildlife and you're not thrilled with Wildlife and then you go, oh, there's a bonus disc. Oh, boy. What do I do with, uh, what do I do with that? <laughs> Well, don't listen to Mary Had a Little Lamb, Ugh. which was the single. Yeah, let's go with this. Go yep. Ireland back to the Irish. And all the people say that people must be free. And meanwhile, back in Ireland, there's a man who looks like me. And it's Feeling really bad And he's sitting in 
that's just a hair better than that song Freedom that Paul wrote. <laughs> oh my God, that's, yeah. a, that's a low point in the McCartney catalog, Freedom. I think he just wanted to do something. And yeah. it's not, it was a nice gesture. It was a nice gesture. You can never, you can never fault a nice gesture. No. But. <laughs> Necessary? Maybe I just not. looked at the clock and like, we're like, we're like just like 23 minutes away from our, our guests coming in. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're well, correct. I'm they know already. People, they do? They, they already okay. know because they've seen the cover artwork. They've read the description. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. nervous, so I'm just going to say that right up front. That's okay. I mean, a lot of people get nervous around me. <laughs> do you think he'll be nervous around me? Oh, God, I hope not. That'll be awkward. You have to put him at ease right from the top. I'll go, look, I'm just a person like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on to... Now you you said you you maybe wanted to, you had a little uh, a little th- some stuff you wanted to say about these uh, McCartney archive releases. Well, we yes. talked a lot before we started to record, and now we I did. can't remember. Well, what I my general feeling with Wildlife and Red Rose Speedway, mm-hmm. uh, the box sets. Now I kind of got tricked into buying the box sets. Wait a minute, these two albums that you don't like that well, you have the gigantic yep video. What? Video, Pat, that's how he reeled me in. There's video on them. So I watched the video after I, that was the first thing I went to was the video. And that, is that the moose it's thing? Terrible. Oh, no, the mouse. Moose, mouse, 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 moose. It's a mouse. Is that in your box set? No. It's it. Yeah, it's in the um, Red Rose. Okay. I'm sorry. Keep talking about wildlife. I will stop interrupting. I'm sorry. I think it was, I think it's wildlife actually. Okay. Oh, someone's going to hate me for that. Um, I think it's wildlife. McMouse, somebody McMouse. Okay. Um, no, uh, there's actual video of like, I don't, I don't need to watch every take <laughs> of Mary had a little lamb with different backgrounds and different costumes. I started fast forwarding and you know, I will watch Paul do anything. That's crazy that you would fast forward. And I was fast forwarding because I could not listen to Mary had a little lamb one more time. It was terrible. So I don't, <laughs> some things don't deserve a box set is what I'm trying to say. And I love Paul more than anything mm-hmm. and i'm saying that well did you see that new egyptian station box set that's coming out i'm not buying the box set it's too crazy it's too big it's too much why do i need especially i mean bit bop i don't need 12 <laughs> takes of bit bop <laughs> no Bip-bop. who does when i read that it was a song term like bit bop i mean i kind of like it in a goofy kind of way. In a goofy way. kind of way. Yeah, but I don't need to see, I don't no. need to, to hear all the takes of it. Take 12 with more bass. <laughs> no, I don't need that. Take 13 with more bips. <laughs> take 14 less bops. All right. Red Rose Speedway. Now yeah. this, this is also, there's also, a, a, I guess, the original double album version of Red Rose Speedway. There's like a, a double album configuration of it too out there somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Yeah. But we're just focusing on what was released. Something no one needs. <laughs> a completist. I guess. <laughs> Which one of these box sets came with the uh, Wings Over Europe disc? Uh, or, was that in, or was that in the Mega Mega box set? There's like a Mega Mega and then there's like... Wings Over Europe. Did I? Is that something I overlooked? You might have overlooked I it. I might have overlooked it. But I think that's in like... I think that has... I think that has these first two together in like even a bigger box. We'll look later. Yeah. Google it. Yep. Okay. Red Rose Speedway comes out in 1973. The lineup for this is Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, Denny Lane, Danny Sewell, and then they add a guy named Henry McCullough. Am I saying that right? It sounds good to me. McCullough. 
McCullough. McCullough. And that's Red Rose Speedway. What do you got for us? Well, I have Big Barn Bed. <laughs> now, this sounds like Cookie Monster <laughs> telling you something. Me have Big Barn Bed. <laughs> big Barn Bed. Like a child speaks like that. I know. Want to go in the barn? Big Barn Bed's there. All right. That's Linda. <laughs> It's, it's not bad. I mean, it's the kind of song you can sing along to, and I'm a big fan of doing that. Everyone likes to sing along. Sing along in the car. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, I do like, I do like, um, I do like uh, Red Rose Speedway uh, better because there's like, there's a hit on it. Yes. That is unequivocally right. true. Yeah. So we got that. We got yep. that going for us. Um, my first song... I actually have uh, I actually only have one song off of this, but then they released a single, a non-LP single, which was "High High High," mm-hmm. which was immediately banned on Be- the BBC because it wasn't like "Hello Hello Hello." It was like we're high high high. That's right. We're gonna get high high high. high and high. then, um, but they spelled it H I right to try to fool the BBC. Is that why they did I it? I think so. He's so clever. He's very clever. But isn't that the song that has a uh, Polygon on it? Yeah. The Polygon body gun controversy? Tell me about that, because maybe I don't know about this. Well, he, he says, um, I want you to lie on the bed and get ready for, your, for my polygon, is what he says he says. Okay. Uh, everyone perceives it to be body gun, and they thought that that was a little racy. So that is also a reason that it was banned. He maintains to this day it's polygon. Cut to five years later, and Kiss records love gun. <laughs> Times change. I want to see him play this song, and I want to see him say "Body Gun" now. Is there a place where you can put on the uh, on the uh, the uh, the subtitles and see what he's saying? Do you think the subtitles are going to be right? I don't know. I if you look up the lyrics online, are they Polygon? All right, all right. So I'm going to play a little bit of that single. Great. The uh, the non LP singles are really good. When, <laughs> yeah, they, when those things come around, you're like, why wasn't that on an album? Exactly. Well, I was just reading that. I guess, and I didn't. I guess I didn't know this, but in the olden times, mm-hmm. I mean, for the Beatles, they would always put out a single that was not necessarily on the album. Yeah, that was the way to promote the album. That's weird, right? I, a single that's not on the album to promote the album. Uh, yep. Maybe to trick people into buying it, thinking they were going to get the single. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when they started telling him he had to put a single on the album, he kind of 
resisted it, I guess. Because it wasn't the way he did it. Yeah, he's not used to it. But especially here in America, that is the way we do it. And, and he didn't want to. So basically, Paul was saying, look, I make the albums for people not to listen to. I just want them to listen to this one song. That's right. <laughs> I, I, reel them I in. hold my good songs for the singles. That's right. I don't want to waste it on an album of my experimental work. I don't. About my big bard and banded, my bit bop. So we're back to you. Oh, um, well, okay. So, and you chose, you have some songs here coming up that instead of using the version that was on the album, you chose the wings over America version and I will allow it. That's right. (laughs) I asked you about it. You better allow. Yes. Um, for my money, everything, uh, everything sounds better on wings over America. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. It's like, and like you said, like some people might've discovered these songs from these first few albums on Wings in America, probably. And I might like it because I discovered them from Wings Over America. And then when you heard the studio versions, you were probably underwhelmed. I was. I got to say, I will always take the live version of My Love over the studio version. Always. Well, before I play that, let me hear, you have the live version of High, 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 so let's just do a double shot. I have it here. Okay. Do you have that on your list? Yeah, I do. But Mm. I thought you were choosing not to use it. No, I have it on here too. I'm going to give everyone a nice taste of a... Plus, I'd like, I'd like the podcast to get banned by the BBC. Great. So let's play it twice. Do it. Okay, so I paid extra close attention, and I'm pretty sure he said wiener. <laughs> pretty sure that's what it was. Did you hear that? I heard thingy. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to be really coy. Oh, thingy is the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> okay, so let's stay on that album, because yeah. you had just mentioned My Love. My Love. What a great song. Oh, it's the best. Just a great song. I haven't listened to Wings Over America for a while. Oh, that's great. That's a box set worth buying. And did you buy it? Yes. yes. Oh, that has, that has Wings Over Europe in it. Is that the one that has Wings Over Europe? I'm not sure. I'll find out. And I, I'll, I'll email you. I think it does. <laughs> well, I have it. I can look when I get home. <laughs> because I prefer Rock Show. I love Rock Show. Yeah. So much that I, I don't think that I've wanted to watch Wings Over Europe. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. All right, I uh, I am moving on. I also want to say that uh, Wings is strictly a '70s band. Yeah. Their whole entire output of everything was '71 through '79, maybe 
Did the final single come out in 80, possibly? Is that? No, I don't think so. Everything think was so. 71 to 79. And then, and then Paul wanted to be solo again. Yeah, right? I think it was winding down. I think the last album was really kind of a last... Um, I think he always wanted to be in a band. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that he can be in a band. Do you know what yeah. I mean? After the, I don't think it's possible. No, it's difficult. And um, I think that by, it took him 10 years to figure it out, but I think that he finally figured it out towards the it's end. Yeah, I'm good. I, I'm I good alone. I'm okay. I can yeah. do this. Uh, but, uh, but very prolific with this band yeah. for the 70s. Well, how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven studio albums, a live album. Pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And a great, a great greatest hits, Wings Greatest Hits, top to bottom, is stellar. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, for me, Wings Greatest Hits is Wings Over America. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just sound like a broken record here, but that's really the... I love that album so much. Because, you know what? Even when he's singing My Love, mm-hmm. he's so soulful and so... I mean, I just... To me, it's the peak. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to capture... Uh, live performance in the studio. I know a lot of bands always, we, man, we want to get how we sound on stage in the studio. Mm-hmm. Well, that's different, dude. Yeah, that's very different. Calm down, Nikki Six. <laughs> <laughs> you sound terrible live. Why would you want that in the studio? <laughs> Let us use our tricks to make your band sound good. Uh, I'm going to go with the song called uh, Get On The Right Thing. You know, what's funny, Gwen, is it's the exact opposite for the Beatles because those studio recordings are so magnificent that there would never be a live version of that any of those songs that could match that. Well, especially at that time. Yeah. Can you imagine if they had stayed together and mm-hmm. toured? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean if they had stayed together? Are, are they not together? Pat, I have some news for you. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. I wondered why they didn't play the Super Bowl this year. Well, they wanted too much money, and they swear a lot. <laughs> but All right, so that's Get on the Right Thing from Red Rose Speedway. I like that one. What do I, you think? I was just thinking as I was listening to it that that piano build, he loves that piano build, and I love when he builds piano. When he <laughs> He's a piano maker, he's right? A maker. Uh, but he, he does that a lot, and I, I almost feel like you can sort of tell what era you're in with him if you're listening to his piano. I, that's I, that's kind of a stupid thing to say. I don't, it's not. No, I'm not I a understand. music person. But yeah, do you play any instruments? I do not. I do not. I tried to learn. My brother tried to teach me guitar once and was a miserable failure at it. I mean, I think there's some people that like you could take a lesson and you could learn, you know, and then there's other people that can pick up a guitar and hear a song on the radio and go, oh, I think that's this. I think that's C, G, A, D. I don't know. if Are these notes? I don't know. I'm going to play. G an, sounds like something. I'm going to play an X sharp. <laughs> Very difficult. Very difficult. I, I think the story goes for the Beatles that they got on a bus and took a train to go find out that chord. <laughs> 
So was the last song you played, you played The Big Barn Bed? So now no, we did we My Love, didn't we do We my did love? My Love. And live My Love, live High, High, High. But now we're going to do, what do you got here? You got uh, Little Women Love? I think I just like that one because it's different and it's a little jazzy. Yeah, it is jazzy. A little jazzy, a little De- different. Definitely jazzy. <laughs> now, did we uh, did we run the course on Red Rose Speedway? Um, yeah. I mean, I I had that one Mama's little girl, but I mean, again, you know, let's move. On. We could move on. You mean Mama's little girl? Looking like a rag doll, Mama's little girl. Better give me some time for this heart of mine Cause I just can't take it all in Still I will remember Mama's little girl It's very nice. I just, I love his sweet little voice when he does his little, little sweet voice. Now, uh, how do you, do you like um, Egyptian Station? Egypt Station. What did I say? Egyptian Station. There'd be a lot of editing on this uh, episode for sure. Unless I'm unless I'm wrong. Does Egyptian Station sound better <laughs> than Egypt let's, Station? Let's get him on the phone. Let's ask him. Change it. What do you think? I think it's Egypt Station. Am I completely wrong? You where's, might be right. Where's the Google? Wait, I, I probably have some of the songs in here. Hold on. I, Don't put that goddamn phone away. <laughs> what, if I, what, <laughs> what if I was serious? God damn it, Gwen! You put that phone away. It's Egypt Station, See, just like you said. That's. What I thought. Just like you said. Uh, I do like it. I played it a lot. I, you know, I have a problem listening to music these days unless I'm in the car for some reason. Well, I that's can't a, just that's put a, it on. That's a good place to listen to music, though. I listen to music in the car every day. Certainly I do. A lot of people do. I'm sure if you ask around, people will say they do. <laughs> Not saying it's a weird place to listen right. to music, but it, it is literally the only place I listen to music these days. You know, there's people that say, oh, we don't even own a TV. You know, those people. What if there was a person that said, oh, I don't even have a radio in my car. <laughs> I don't even have speakers in my car. <laughs> I don't like joy. I, don't. I like uh, to sit in traffic and just stare at traffic. Okay, so what I did was I just removed all the songs from your playlist and my playlist that we've already played so that I will not get confused. Because <laughs> okay. for some reason, I am off my rocker uh, oh. today. Uh-huh. But Okay, so... Um, Moving on. How do you like Red Rose Speedway? Because I feel like these are my bottom two Wings albums. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think that uh, I don't think they warrant the box set. I think, as no. we said before, I don't. Um, there are nice things about them. Yeah, I mean, I'm a completist, so I got to have them. Is that why did, you bought them? Yeah, I bought them. The whole box set? No, no, no. I just mean the the two disc versions. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I should have done with Wildlife, but. What are you going to do when London Town and Back to the Egg come out? You're probably going to go for don't it. Know. You're going to go for it. Probably. I mean, even Paul, he, he released, oh gosh, what was it? The, the video collection he did 
of yeah. all his videos. What was it called? I can't remember. Yeah, Paul's video collection. Yep. And uh, he was he was um, commenting on it all the way through it. Okay. Did you ever see it? No, I didn't. Oh, you should. You should. It's it's funny. Even on London Town, the video he goes, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and you know he can spin anything. A lot of a lot of videos don't age well, so I'm glad that he's owning up to it. Yeah, he's just like, and this is I don't I don't know. All right, let's move on. Would you would you say other than your love of Wings Over America, is is Band on the Run is that the best Paul McCartney and Wings album? I, I think so. Yeah, I think hands down. It would be hard hard pressed for people to argue that. I think. I think so. It's it's a classic. And yes. I was just going to say there. I remember when uh, Band on the Run, the song, I remember it being played on the radio and I was young enough to be confusing the guitar part with the music from The Exorcist at the time. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, it wasn't on your list, but do you mind if I start with the title track from Band on the Run? Not at all. And this is a this is when Christopher Lee was in the band and um, uh, (laughs) Christopher He's on the album cover. <laughs> That's a joke. All right. It took me. It took me a second. Here we go. Just listening to a 40 seconds of that song, this is so far and away removed <laughs> so from much, anything we've so heard much from better. so far. I mean, the it, production's on point. The song is cool. It, everything it's just tight. sounds... It's tight. tight. Look at that. Let me, let me tell you who the band is for this one. Uh, Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, and just Denny Lane is what I have as the core. There may, might have been other people that played here and there, but that's the core. Yep. The core band. It's the core band. And didn't they record it in Nigeria? This is right off the top of my head. I believe they recorded it in Nigeria. I'm going to be this guy. Sure, sure, Gwen, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And is that not the place that Paul got threatened? His life was threatened and Linda jumped in front of him and said, he's Beetle Paul, he's Beetle Paul. (laughs) I believe that's what happened. I see. Now, if my life's threatened and my wife has to jump out and go, he's rock solid Pat, I'm dead. (laughs) I'm stabbed. Right in the gut. I have a gut wound. I bleed out right on Ventura. <laughs> uh, now you have uh, again. You have uh, you have gone with uh, you have a track from uh, Wings Over America. Is that the one we were going to play now? Is that the one you want to play first? What do you want to play next? You're making me question my selections. Why no, are what? Yes, you have a song from Band on the Run, but you have a Wings Over America version. I. As I said, everything sounds better on Wings Over America. Um, I will always opt for the Wings Over America version of most anything. If 1985 had been on Wings Over America, I would be be suggesting that that as well. Um, Yes, it's called Let Me Roll It. Just 
Here's my problem today, Gwen. Usually, I don't see the list of everyone's songs. So I would usually say, Gwen, what's your next song? And then you would say what you wanted me to play. But what I'm doing is I'm forcing you to play songs out of the order that you might want to play them. So from the rest of the show, I'm not going to do what I just did, which is which say your next song is this. You tell me what you want to play from now on. I'm so sorry. I'm just not used to seeing, usually seeing the songs. So oh. I'm all in my head. Whatever is easiest for you. What would be easier for me is if we just stop recording, we both leave. <laughs> What would be easier for me is just to say, what's your next song? Which is what, what, uh, what I'm going to do. Unfortunately, it's my turn. It's your turn. What is your next song? Uh, let me tell you, I, I'm not a big fan of Let Me Roll It. Uh, I know. Uh, Everyone loves you, it. Did I you just, not just hear that? I know. and I, It sounds good. It's, it's, why not? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I like the bluesy, you I know. I'm not a big blues guy. I like the bluesy where, you know, the songs that make your toes curl. Like, All right. I get you. And when he screams. Ah. <laughs> well, you're, 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 that's my fangirl coming out. You're right bringing there. the lady, uh, yeah, version the lady into element. It. Uh, now I believe my next song is, is, am I correct in saying that jet was written about his dog? Is it written about his dog? That sounds familiar to me. Okay. Yes. That that's the like story it. I'm going with. I'm going to even, maybe the songs, maybe the dog's name was jet. I think either it was a, it was either a sheep or a dog. It was either a lamb or a dog. Some type of an animal that he's never going to eat. That's right. All right, Jet. So here's the difference between this album and the first two albums. With, uh, with Wildlife, I think we both admitted that it was like, ah, oh, I got to pick two. And with this one, you're like, only two? I, know. I so, think I wrote you that too. I couldn't, between this and the next album, I really had a hard time trying to pick what I was going to go with. I, I was hoping that you would pick the hits. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be that obvious. Right. And again, when I, once I saw your list, I'm like, well, then I can, I can pick. Right. The more popular, the more well-known songs. Right. All right. What? Let's try this for a change. Gwen, what's your next song? Why, Pat, my next song is want to talk about that last line i'm not sure what it means pat what does that mean to you i'm not even going to touch it all right <laughs> i am starting to notice that i i seem to really like the piano driven songs i don't yeah there's some piano in that one for sure yeah yeah i think the last few have been piano heavy isn't it weird when you listen to music now and you really pay attention to the lyrics sometimes and you're like 
what the heck is that? Like, uh, I'm preparing to do a, a, a Rod Stewart in the 60s and 70s, because there's so much music, we had to break it up. But some of the 70s albums have some, what, if I use this term, I sound like an old man, but like, they're kind of raunchy. Like, there's some raunchy Rod Stewart yes. 70s lyrics. Yes, they are raunchy. So, uh, <laughs> I, like, I like that character, that NPR lady. <laughs> they are raunchy. <laughs> we might want to use the word raunchy. <laughs> uh, 1985 that is a great song it's um yeah. and we're way past 1985 we for now sure are. we are it's so strange right that seemed like so futuristic 2001 a space odyssey i just saw that movie recently i never seen it before i have only seen bits and pieces i don't think i've watched it uh start to finish ever don't <laughs> right? i didn't like it i was bored I like, is there one I like? They all seem heavy and loaded and too long. And there's like, like, uh, what's, what's the war one? What is that one with Vincent D'Onofrio? Jesus, why can't I think of it? It's like his one about Vietnam. Uh, the first full the metal, full metal jacket. Oh, also too long. Yeah. First two acts are great. Third act, it falls apart. Eyes Wide Shut, a mess. Eyes Wide Shut was a nightmare. It's, it, it's unbelievable. Why? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't. And man, if you, if you say that to people no. that are movie people. No. You know who else, you know who else I don't think is that great? It only has a handful of movies that I like. Hitchcock. There's a lot of clunkers on that list. I only like like three. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, people go, the birds, I'm like, the birds is the most boring thing until the last 15 minutes when the literally the birds is like following me around while I run errands. And then, and then after an hour and a half of me running errands, birds attack me. That's the movie. <laughs> I went to Target. I got a latte at the coffee bean. I got the car washed. I went to the post office and then I came out of the post office and birds chased me to my car and attacked me. Wait, that's so the movie. What's the movie that's going to win that you hated so much? I think Rome is going to win, and I found it to be beautifully boring. I'm not happy with any of them. I'm not happy with many of them it, either. It doesn't seem like, first of all, Star is Born. A remake should never be nominated for Best Picture. Already it's unoriginal. They've had four times to do it. And, and I don't even like this version best. I like the 70s version best. Have you seen all the versions? Uh, the worst one was, I think, was the... Uh, uh, Streisand? Uh, no, I like Streisand. Uh, this that's one's the one very I, similar to the Streisand version. And Streisand's better. Yeah. She's a better actor. Yeah. I like Lady Gaga. She's, she's good. She's fine. She's nice. She's Bradley a, Cooper's easy on the eyes. Yeah. It's good. I don't, I like this. If you're going to do a version like this, mm -hmm. which they did, the 70s version is better. I saw Lady Gaga get an award uh, on the Grammys for Song of the Year, maybe for that Shallow. Yep. And she said, she said it was so nice to be involved in a movie that addresses um, depression. And I was like, Who's what? I, I the same he's, thing. He's a drunk. He's an alcoholic. Not depressed, right? Well, maybe he's drinking because he's depressed. I didn't see it as I didn't see it. I didn't see that aspect of the film at all. I didn't see it as a movie about depression. No, that must have been written on her script copy. Stars born colon about depression. Because I'm like, what are you talking about? Did he's, she say depression or did she say addiction? I thought she said depression. I yeah. remember feeling though the same way. Like mm -hmm. what? Well, then that's the what she said, because really... we, we both saw the same thing. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Gwen, what's your next song? 
Um, from the, well, I have, uh, this was a single, um, and then it was ba- it was put on the U.S. version of Band on the Run, but it was a single, so yeah. that's why I'm saying all this because it's we're going chronologically. So okay, it's fun. great. It's Helen Wheels, which is one of my favorite favorite uh, songs, and I don't know why. I just like it. It's almost like a play on uh, Hell on Wheels, but it's Helen. You know, w- listening to it now, I just realized that. <laughs> that's not true. No, it's not. Right? It's a great song. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't on the album. It wasn't, but when they added it, it to me, it just makes the album just one song better. Yeah, no, it's really good. Was it my turn? I think it was your turn. Because didn't we just do nineteen hundred and eighty-five? Did we just? We were chatting a lot, so who knows? We did jet. Yes. So now I'm going to go with uh, with Bluebird. Ah, it's a nice song. It is a nice little. What's song. better, Blackbird or Bluebird? Oh, why do you make me choose? <laughs> you just can't. Any McCartney question where you have to choose, I can't choose. Well, I think Blackbird's Bluebird felt like I like Bluebird, but it felt like he was trying to redo a bird song. Okay, how about this? Yeah, she, this is this is a, this is a Sophie's Choice question for you. <gasps> Paul McCartney or Linda McCartney? Why do you make me choose? <laughs> Late at night when the wind is still I'll come flying through your door And you'll know what love is for I'm a bluebird I'm a bluebird I'm a bluebird I'm a bluebird Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a bluebird I'm a bluebird I'm a bluebird Yeah, yeah, yeah Touch your lips with a you think we're ever going to hear Redbird? There's time. There's still time. There's a lot of time left. There's time left. <laughs> Are you going to see McCartney at Dodger Stadium? I am, unfortunately. I um not not the best venue in I town. I hate Dodger Stadium. It's awful. It's the sound is terrible. I don't even like watching baseball there. I don't, me neither. Well, it's a terrible place to drive in and out of. Oh, it's, it's, an, it's, it's, uh, I guess worse would be, um, the Rose Bowl. I've never been to the Rose Bowl. Oh, horrible. How do you get out? Uh, how do you get out of that parking lot? Well, I take, I take a helicopter in, it drops me in, I uh, parachute down in the field. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just a nightmare. I mean, you literally have to plan, like, it's exhausting because, like, the day before the show, you're like, <sighs> I gotta go to Dodger Stadium tomorrow. <laughs> you should maybe take a, a lift over there. I am gonna take a lift over there, but yeah. I have taken, I've tried to take an Uber back from a Dodgers Cubs game, and um, that was a nightmare because oh. everyone is corralled into the same place and you can't get a signal. Everybody's trying to get <sighs> their Uber or whatever. We had to walk down to Sunset to get a to car. To get to the car. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here's the good news is I for, for went. For, for got, for. Hello? 
English, please. We have uh, we do have people in other countries, but we um, primarily an English podcast. You know how you get those um, things that say uh, uh, the the head of time. They what do you call them? <laughs> 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 the pre-sale codes. Yes. Useless. I've never gotten a good seat off those. Uh, so I just went with the general this time, and I just started putting in the. Yep. And I got second row. Wow. Off to the side, but still, it's second row. That's why I'm going to this show. If I had not been able to get a decent seat, I'd been like, later, can't I f- do it. I feel like though with the second row at Dodger Stadium, I feel like the stage is like 30 feet in the air. You know <laughs> well, what I mean? Well, but I'm off to the side. Okay. I think there's a big gap between me and the stage, like a huge gap, actually. But then someone was saying, uh, a youngster who works in our office, mm-hmm. goes to a lot of concerts, that kind of like early 20s kind of yeah. guy. He was saying sometimes the seats might be stacked. He said, you might end up closer than you think. Wow, that's good. I thought he was going to say something uh, snarky and something where we wouldn't like this kid, but he sounds like a millennially. Nice, yeah, millennially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, um, can I ask how much that ticket was? I got, it was face value. I did not um, scalp it. it but was, what is face value? It was 275 Oh, that's not too bad. And then after um, the... Fees. You know, it was the rape fees. $600. <laughs> it was the rape fees. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. It was t- it was three hundred and fifty. See, when I used to buy concert tickets like back wait, in Wait, was it two two seventy five or two ninety five? Might have been two ninety five. Like back in the day to avoid the fees, you could actually go to the venue right. the day of and buy the ticket. But I don't even think you can do that anymore. Like you can't go I to think- Dodger Stadium that day and buy a ticket, can you? I don't, well, I got this on the Dodger Stadium website. Okay. I assume that maybe you could have gone. I know that when he played the Hollywood Bowl, you could have gone to the Hollywood Bowl to get tickets. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, not every place, no. He's just so big that he has to come to the biggest venue. And because he's older, he doesn't want to play multiple nights because he might need a day off between. But he, I mean, wouldn't it be great if he came to the forum for like six shows and like just took a day off between every show? Yeah. I mean, I would think that that would be, he pro- I'm sure he has a house out here. He sleeps in his own bed. Mm-hmm. He gets a whole day of relaxation. Right. The crew gets a nice week off. He did that. Didn't he do that in London? He did that at all? Uh, oh, so he'll do it for oh, London, sure, but not right. here. His own oh. people. I mm, get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't we buy the records? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love talking so much that I don't know whose turn it is. Uh, I think it's yours. Is it mine? I think so. Yes. Cause you just played Bluebird. Um, this is another single that uh, was out around the same time. Junior's Farm. We both had it. We both had it. Because you can't, you can't deny this song. You cannot. say take me down jimmy yep so that's jimmy mccullough doing yep. the solo there yes that's pretty cool when you get a when you get a shout out on a song like when they throw the solo to you and it's mccartney and it's mccartney that's crazy um the number one rock star uh on the face of the planet right now would be paul mccartney right 
Who are you asking? I mean, yeah, to me, I don't no, but know. To step out of your shoes, step out of your high heels. Because <laughs> I always wear high heels. <laughs> always. How tall are you? Five two. You should wear all. You should always wear high heels. Why? I'm kidding. They hurt. <laughs> you wear high heels. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but if you stepped out of your uh, out of your Uggs, <laughs> what? Um, he right? Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney. Like I'm talking about um, someone that if he walked out on the street right now, someone would go, that's Paul McCartney. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the Corden McCartney thing, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Of course, they were in Liverpool. But that's where you don't expect to see Paul McCartney. Why would he go to Liverpool and just be walking down the street? Hello, right. I'm Hello. Paul McCartney. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, um, yeah. I mean, for me, totally. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm so un plugged into uh, the world of music in general that there might be somebody who might be bigger. But I feel like even kids would know Paul McCartney. And again, from my, from my reasoning that you can play, you can play Beatles songs from the time your kids are born. I, I was very much that type of parent. Like I wouldn't play, I wouldn't play music in the car if I felt it was, it was objectionable or my kid was going to say, what did they just say there? What did mm. he say? Did he just say, who the fuck are you? You know, so I wouldn't, so Beatles is an easy, is a, is a great go-to because you can listen to everything. Right, right. You know? maybe, Plus, maybe I skip Do It In The Road, <laughs> you know? But they wouldn't know what you even meant by that. Right. What are they, what are they doing in their own dad? And yeah. I'd say fucking. <laughs> no, what if I went the other way? They're murdering, raping and murdering. Raping and murdering. No, it's cool. Uh, yeah, they're just doing it. So, uh, so I feel like Paul McCartney, even kids would know him. I, I always think that, but it's not true, unfortunately. And the, the only reason I know that is because of the youngsters that now work in my office. Okay. Well, I mean... They literally don't know what I'm talking about sometimes when I say things. Like, look, if, lady, if we saw Lady Gaga, we would know Lady Gaga, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm talking like... Like, my parents wouldn't know who Lady Gaga was, but they'd know who Paul... So I'm talking about someone that spans generations and generations and yeah. generations. I mean, yes, there's big... There's definitely big... Uh, musical star, yeah, current Katy Perry or Ariana Grande. If she walked down the street, she'd yeah. get mobbed. So, um, but but everyone would mob Paul. Is that everyone, what you're saying? I, well, or they would, you know, or they'd give him his distance. But they'd they definitely point. Yeah, you know, he does span. He does span. Yeah. But you're a good dad because I know people who don't play things. Like the Beatles for their kids because they say the kids aren't interested, but I don't think that's true. Oh my God, my my! You make them interested just by playing it. When, when I walked by uh, my fourteen-year-old uh, room, and I hear the Beatles coming out of her Spotify because she's made a Spotify playlist, it's the best. <laughs> yeah. So, it's the greatest. Yeah. Um, we're moving on now. We're moving on to Venus and my, yes. No, it's your turn, my dear. I was just gonna say, go ahead. Hello. Hello. Venus and Mars, 1975. We got Paul McCartney. We got Linda McCartney. Uh, we got Denny Lane, Jimmy McCullough, and Joe English on drums. So funny, like Jimmy McCullough and Joe English. I don't know anything about those guys. Well, Jimmy McCullough is the one who he was like a child. He was very young and a rising star, but really addicted to <laughs> many things. The juice. Many things. Wow. I mean, I think ultimately he was taking heroin at one point and. Uh, he and Paul kind of fell out. It wasn't over, just over a little bit of heroin, <laughs> some age, some window pane, horse. 
Well, I don't know if it was over the heroin. I think that he just started like not showing up or throwing temper tantrums because he was this. Do we know if he's with us any longer? No, he died. <laughs> he's dead. No, he's dead. He's dead. I want to see when he died. I'm curious. A long time ago. Look at a cute guy. Eh, really? Well, they he got looks a, like he's on horse to me. Well, they <laughs> get a good picture on Wikipedia. Oh, then. there you go. Uh, oh, Lord above. He died in 79. He was 26. Yeah. One more year, he could have been in that 27 club. <laughs> Is it weird that that's the first thing you think of? It's a pretty good club. Janice, Jimmy. Yeah, no, it's true. Jim? Morrison? Uh, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Kurt? Cobain? Yes. <laughs> I love throwing in the last name like you don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Venus and Mars. Venus and Mars. I'm going to let you go first. Oh, great. <laughs> um... Well, it's a very dismissive attitude you have right now. Very much, I guess. Sure. Uh, so, again, I kind of went for the. This was this was the hardest one for me, honestly, to pick songs from. And when I ended up sending you this list, I was really it was like a giving up kind of thing. Just I <laughs> take it. I just can't think about it anymore. I give up. I give up. Uh, so this is "Call Me Back Again," and again, it's from "Wings Over America." All right. It's originally from Venus and Mars. But this version is this version is a uh, live version, Wings of America. It's a little bluesy there with the no, 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 no's. I love it. <laughs> I love that stuff. When was the last time you pulled this album out and you listened to it top to bottom? Um, just for this, probably. Just for this. Yeah, I realized it's one of, it's my second favorite Wings album, and I realized when I was doing this that I didn't have a non-vinyl version of this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So the last time I listened to the album was... On vinyl. So did you go buy it? I did. I bought the box set. (laughs) (laughs) How much is the box set right now? I don't know. Because it came out a couple years ago. It came out a while ago, and I don't know how I missed it, because it is one of my favorites. I don't know why I didn't get it. I I must have just missed it somehow. Um, I don't remember. I bought it off of... You're an Amazon person? uh, No, I try not to. I think I got this one off eBay. All right. Because... A little cheaper. Well, but it's also been a while. Yeah. So it was a little bit hard to find the full box set with the video. It's all about the video. He reels me in with the video. You need those images. I need to see him. Do you know that video killed the radio star? That's what I heard. I'm going to go with Rock Shell. Studio version. So 
Great tune. Do you wonder if he wrote it on purpose to open a show with? Um, I often think sometimes people will do that. What's We need a good show opener. I'm tired of opening with you know, Detroit Rock City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think he did it. Well, knowing knowing Paul as I do, I think he definitely did it on purpose. It's just, it just seems like something Paul would do. I mean, I remember last year at the Oscar party where <laughs> we were over by the clam dip. And God, clam dip. Who would have that? Mm, at a party? Would never have clam dip at a party. I don't like clams. I would never have clam dip. Like oysters? I don't like seafood at all. Nothing. Not, well, Tr- trout. N- just keep naming crab, things. Crab cakes. No, no. So, so sushi, no. No. Don't say California roll. <laughs> don't. <laughs> What about, hear me out, because this doesn't have any, I guess it doesn't have fish in it, it's a California roll. <laughs> no? No go? No. <laughs> and the reason is... <laughs> You're crying. Your eyes welled up. <laughs> She's wiping tears away. No one's here but two people. We don't even have a producer to play off of. Um... Because it's wrapped in seaweed, which tastes fishy. <laughs> the whole point is I hate fish. Why would I wrap something up in seaweed and eat it? What, what could they wrap that in that it would be okay with you? Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Rice wrapped in chocolate. That's true. That I'll might eat not it. be bad. All right. We are on Venus and Mars. And now it is your turn. This, you know, I was saying I like sweet Paul. This mm-hmm. is very sweet. And it's... Um, it's interesting because when I was listening to this, I thought he has another song about old people <laughs> <laughs> that he wrote with Elvis Costello, which is Veronica. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the name is Veronica. That's my Elvis Costello impression. It's stellar. Not bad, right? <laughs> That's good. On point. I, I can do one line. <laughs> Barely. Can you? Yeah. Yeah, not uh, really. So, uh, Treat Her Gently, it's called. Treat Her Gently. Wanted to end. Two lonely old people. <laughs> Such Here a we nice sit. song. Is this song, is that song about us? <laughs> I think it is. I'm Too older. Th- I'm older than you, though. No, I don't think you. Wait, well, you just had a birthday. Yeah, I'm. Wait, no, that was. I'm a hundred. Is what I just. I just threw up. I'm a hundred. Um, you're two. No, no. You're two years older than me. Okay, you don't got to rub it in like that. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> no, it's refreshing for me to have someone older than me for a change. You were born in '66. Five. 65. Yeah. Well, I'll, I guess I have a birthday coming up this year. So, yeah, I guess you're only a year older than I am. Year and a half. Sort of. Yeah. Less yeah. than that. Less than that. I'm 55. Yeah. Do you ever look at p- pictures of your parents when they were 55 and they look 100? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, we look, maybe we look old. I don't know. I think, but I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I don't think you do. I'm starting to see the, the crepey neck. Hey, just get a nice cream and put on your neck. 
You think I don't put cream on my neck? Your neck does not look creepy. <laughs> You're so kind. Did you see? Did you say creepy? Because it looks creepy, but it doesn't look creepy. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, well, as long as it's not creepy, I don't care what happens after this. It really doesn't, because if I felt that it did, I would have just went. Yep. So what's your next one? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you're, um, do you have another one for Venus and Mars or are you done with Venus and Mars? I have the hit. Oh. Uh, Listen to what the man said. I did want to just point out one thing about Call Me Back Again, which is he does that thing in that song that I love that he does where he screams and then he gets sweet again. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm excited to hear how the voice sounds uh, on the new, on the tour, because it sounded very fragile on Egypt station, also known as Egyptian station. <laughs> it, you know what I yes. mean? It sounds a little, um, frail. How old is Paul? Is he 70 something? Six, 76? 76. And he'll be 77 by the time he gets here. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's got to, you know, I just feel so bad for him. I feel like it's got to kill him. He knows. He's not yeah, he's an not, idiot. He knows. Right. And um, I think he does best when he really stays in that. There are certain keys he sings better than others. And I wish he would stay in those keys. <laughs> I don't know what they are because I don't know music, but there are certain songs that sound perfect, and then there are other songs that sound tragic. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know what you mean when you say, uh, like when you say, he knows. He's, he's got to know. I'm going to play you something. We're going to, we're going to go off, uh, off book for a second. I'm going to play you a song from an album that came out in 2016. This is, uh, this is this person's most recent album. I'm sure it'll be his last album. Here's a person that does not know his voice does not sound good. And you are going to be blown away when you hear this. This is Meatloaf. The song is Who Needs... The young. <laughs> Who needs the young? The revelation of the faces and the head. When all we have are with the traces of the faces we once were. And suffocation. What do you think of that? <laughs> it feels like a song from a musical that I don't know. Or, and that you don't want to see. I don't want to see. Here's another one. This is called Skull of Your Country. Is this also Meatloaf? Yeah. How do you bury the skull of your country? How do you bury a nation of these? Where you're going to hide your love through the long years? Dude, what's happening? <laughs> what? What is, what is going on, Meatloaf? Um, you just made oh me think of God. something, though. That I think that did you hear that song that Paul dropped with the the uh, electronic? What do you call it? Those voice things. I didn't. It came out really recently. As I want to say, it was even maybe on New Year's Eve. Yeah, like dropped a bonus single. Yeah, um, hated it. I hated it mm -hmm. because I hate those voice things. Yeah. The, um, but I wonder, the first thing I thought was those auto-tune. Auto auto is, is he going to be auto-tuning? Is he going to be auto-tuning because he knows that he's having trouble? I mean, is that is he testing the waters on the auto-tune? Hey, guys, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What if you went and you paid two seventy five, two sixty five with uh, rape fees? Would you mind this? This would be okay. <laughs> we should get rid of my saying that's 
rape. No, it's fine. It's okay. fine because you said it and you're a lady. So you, I would never say it okay. until after you've said I could say it. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering if he's not, uh, you know. I don't know. I hope, I hope that's not the way he goes. I know he loves touring so much, but cheaper. This will probably be his final tour, I think. You think so? I think, yeah, don't you think? He I mean, loves it so much. I don't. I don't. Th- I. I think he'll still do shows. Like I feel a lot when these guys get to a certain age, the Vegas residency is is the way to go. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're right there. The whole everything's set up. You know the sound's going to be good. You can run run down and do a couple of songs in the afternoon. See how it is. Maybe take a day off between shows. Yeah. But everything's all ready to go. I think you're right. I think that's a good way to go. I don't know if he'd do it though. Yeah, I don't know either. He's, but. Doesn't seem Vegasy to me. He doesn't seem Vegasy. No, I, I I get that, but he brings a little class to that town. Yeah. Let's do listen to what the man said from Venus and Mars. Soldier boy kisses girl leaves behind a tragic world, but he won't mind. That people will find a way to go no matter what the man said. Our love is fine for all we know. For all we know, our love will grow. That's what the man said. So won't you listen to what the man said? That's the, the sentiment I have around the house. I tell my wife, I hey, listen to what the man said. <laughs> That's what that song's about, right? Listening to your man? Yeah, I think so. I... <laughs> I love that song because I can, it's my perfect key. I can sing that. You can sing that? I can sing that, and I can sing it well. Wow. (laughs) Because it's the perfect, I mean, maybe, I don't know enough about music, maybe that is the perfect key, maybe that's a perfect key for everyone, but it's definitely a good key for me. (laughs) Okay, well, we're waiting. No, (laughs) not going to happen. Are you a karaoke person? Would you get up at karaoke and do that? I'd have to be very drunk. That was going to be my next question. Are you, uh, are you like, uh, are you, uh, you know, are you like McCullough? You like to uh, juice up? <laughs> Only to sing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I did karaoke once and I tried to do I've Had Enough, which we haven't gotten to. And I, I mean, that's not a difficult song to sing, but I could not <laughs> sing it to save my life. Yeah, I'm not a karaoke person. I'm not. Uh, They're almost no. always in the wrong key, I feel yeah. like. Like, just one up or one down or something. It's not my bag, man. <laughs> what do you got next for us? Um, well, that's it for Venus and Mars, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. So now we move on to Wings at the Speed of the Sound. Yeah, see, I needed you to intro that. I like the album cover on this. I do, too. It's just, uh, what is it, marquee letters? Is that what you call it? It's just marquee lettering? Is that is a it? thing? Is it? No, that is a thing. But are they marquee letters? I don't know. I don't know. It just looks like a. It looks like a like a movie marquee that someone just put the letters. Oh, up the like outside a theater, like yeah. literally yeah. a marquee outside a theater. Yeah. yeah, we haven't really talked about the cover art too much. No, we haven't at all. Wildlife cover, terrible. Terrible. Be, it's people, like they just went out in their backyard. Let's and go have a picnic. <laughs> take a picture. And then uh, Red Rose Speedway. Paul's got a rose in his mouth. Okay. Next to a motorcycle. Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, Nothing. Know. Speedway is the motorcycle. I don't know. 
He looks pretty in the picture. Band on the Run's cool because it's all the people and they, they're escaping. Right. And they got the... They got the um, there's a real theme going there's on. There's a theme there. going on there. Uh, Venus and Mars makes sense. Two planets. Two planets. Wings at the speed of sound. I don't know if it goes with the title, but it looks good. It does look good. It does look good. And that's where we're at. And that's where we're at. Um, my song from this album, and again, this was one that I didn't know as well as I knew others, because I think I, I sort of, at the time, did Ben on the Run, Venus and Mars, somehow missed Speed of Sound. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I've, I've recently learned it was recorded while they were still on tour, I think. Okay. And so maybe that's why I missed it. I don't, I don't know. No. I have no idea. Um, but this song slipped past me completely until I got Pierre McCartney, and I was listening to it driving in the car. It's called Warm and Beautiful, and it's so simple. It almost feels like it should be in a musical, like it should be the male ingenue singing in a cornfield <laughs> under okay. the moonlight. It's so simple and sweet. Wow, you're painting quite a picture for me. I just feel, it almost feels like like a, like a, a it's done facetiously or something. It's right. almost like warm and beautiful. Here it is. Let's do it. Sunlight's morning glory tells the story of our land. Moonlight on the water brings me Paul McCartney might be one of those songwriters that sometimes would just, in his head, like want to challenge himself. Like he'd be like, oh, well, I wonder if I could write like a like a, a heavy metal song, or I wonder if I could write this type of song. I think that he totally does that. I absolutely think he does that. Why not? More songwriters should do that. That was one. Of, that was on my list too. But then when I saw you had it, then I took it off my list. It's sweet, isn't it? But Mm-mm. it does sound to me like I can picture him in a dark stage. You know, it sounds like a yeah. musical to me. It does. Uh, two big hits on this album. Mm-hmm. One song my wife does not like at all. D- hates it. And I love it. And she hates it. Like as much as I love it, she hates it. It's like our children. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so sad. But, uh, but I'll play this one first. This one I don't think she has an opinion about. This is Let Him In. The other one's the one she does not like. Somebody ringing the bell Someone's knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Do me a favor Open the door And let him in Ooh, yeah Someone's knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Someone's knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell this is a, this is what I'm going to say to you when Lawrence Juber gets here. <laughs> um, See, now I, I don't have a real fondness for that song. Yeah, it's just it was just a hit, and I mean I like it, you know, but I don't love it. I like it though. Hmm. But I don't hate it. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I never really liked that song. It, in fact, it was one of those songs that um, I remember when it came out. I remember hearing it on WLS or something. Yeah. Um, the top Chicago. Forward. Yeah, Chicago. Chi-town. And, and it was in the rotation. And I remember being on a long car trip and hearing it several times and just thinking, like being embarrassed because I was one of the only people that I knew who liked Paul McCartney at the time. <laughs> And uh, yay, I win. Yeah, and um, people came around. They they all came around. Um, but I remember being embarrassed by that song. Like, oh, why, why did you have to the, release this? Is it a flute or keyboard in there? Do, 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 do. What is that instrument? Is that a flute? I think it's a. I think it's a flute. I'll say it's. A I don't flute. know. Say it's a flute. All right, and back to you for. Venus and Mars. Um, I'm sorry. Wings at the speed of speed sound. Speed of sound. Beware my love. Which again. Live from Wings Over America. <laughs> and then after this, then you can't you can't pull from that album ever again. No, I can't. Because the next album's that coming up. Done. Done. You're done with this Wings <gasps> Over America. Wings over America. This bullshit you're bringing into my house. I just love the lyrics. And I love uh, Linda's keyboard on there because it's not on. <laughs> it's completely turned off. He says, if you, in- I don't believe that he's the one, but if you insist, I must be wrong. <laughs> it's good. Right? It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Okay, here's the song. I love this song. I even like the re-recorded version that was on Give My Regards to Broad Street. Oh no, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, silly, silly little love songs. Silly love songs, not little. They're not little at all. Silly. They're huge love songs. I have a terrible L thing with words, so I have to really concentrate on silly. I didn't mean to make fun of you. You didn't, you weren't. All right. Silly, silly, oh, silly, oh, that's my Tom Brokaw. Uh, Yeah, my wife just whores this song. So dedicated to her. just gonna say the same thing i mean it's so fun and you can see him sometimes in rock show actually doing doing it with his lips like no he's saying bip bop bip bop that's what he's saying Uh, wait i didn't ask you are you going to see him at dodger stadium no because uh dodger stadium really drives me away from seeing it it's terrible 
It really does. And I've never seen, the only time I ever saw him was when I was at the Grammy rehearsal when you were there and we watched oh. him up there with Kanye and um, Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah. It's the only time I, I've ever seen a Beatle live. You have. I can't. Not I haven't even seen one that. of these Ringo shows, but I'll go to that because it's a, the Greek. The Greek's great. The Greek is great. I've only been there once, but I once I in you've been here for twenty years, and I never. And it was recently that I went too. Well, and, who'd you go see? Um, Elvis Costello. Oh, cool. But it wasn't. It wasn't that cool. I have to say because he, the, the he, show wasn't good. He played this whole album, and I don't know the album. The new played. album? No, it wasn't a new album. It was an old album, and everyone was singing it. They were all hardcore Elvis Costello fans, and I was my friend and I were like, he's not playing the songs we want to hear. That's rough. Apparently, they're not on the album that he's playing. Okay. I know two of his albums backwards and forwards, but I don't know the one that he chose to play that night. Yeah, and he's got a pretty big catalog, yep. too. Yep, Well, I'm sorry, but you enjoyed the... You, I you love enjoyed- the Greek. The Greek it, it was, was amazing. It was yep. uh, the. It's just great to be there. The, every every seat's pretty good. Yeah, it's like it's like the bowl, but smaller yes. and more manageable. Exactly. Yeah, there's I like a, it. There's another place uh, if you ever Santa Barbara has a Santa Barbara bowl, and it's very much the same. It might be smaller than the Greek. Oh, it's wow. great. Like I, I saw think, the Who up there in 2016. It was phenomenal. I think. Um, Someone else told me something. Somebody posted pictures from up there, and yeah, I was like, oh, it's really nice. It's Santa Barbara, though. I know. It's about, well, I live in Woodland Hills, so it's about a 90 minutes. I can get there about 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go. This will be the last album we talk about before Lawrence Juber gets here, mm-hmm. if he gets here. Like mm-hmm. I told you, I, t- I always tell people, I go, look, they've confirmed, but I never believe it until yep. they walk in the door. Because I just don't, that's, that's my thing. I'm like, I don't believe they're going to be here until they walk in the door. I think it's smart. Then you're never disappointed. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on to London Town, Paul McCartney, Denny Lane, Linda McCartney. Those are the only three that are on the album cover, mm-hmm. but apparently Jimmy McCullough and Joe English are on the album from what I'm reading. But um, only those three are on the cover. Yeah. I didn't, i um, learning something that's news to me. I did not know that. That's according to Wikipedia. It's unusual. I mean, maybe they started the album before the actual. But it's weird the other guys wouldn't be on the album cover, is what you're saying. Yeah. I think, I think maybe they didn't really sign off on it until. Now, you have, you have, uh, you have four songs, and I have three songs. <laughs> so let's, let's do this. I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Well, my fourth song is not actually on the album, so... Uh, We could, I mean, the first one is called Name and Address. Uh, The thing about London Town, I feel, is that there are, it's very soft rocky, but Mm -hmm. it's also very, I feel like each song is very different. Although there is that synth, (laughs) that through line of synth. Yeah, I mean, it it starts to peak in in the late 70s, that synth sound. I do like this album, though. How are you on this album? I like it. It's okay. It's one of the ones that I bought uh, pretty knowingly, not trying to play catch up. Yeah. And um, yeah, I liked it just for that reason. All right. And let's hear what song am I playing? It's called Name and Address. Address. 
like a little bit of a rockabilly thing yeah. going on in there? That's why I think I like it. Is uh, it's well, it's probably a throwback for him, but he was a little bit ahead of that rockabilly that came in. Yeah, yeah. In the eighties. Yeah, he likes the rockabilly. He does. He There's does. pictures of him with his hair up in a what do they call that? Ducktail. Pompadour. 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 I'm going to go with the title track. Let's hear a little bit of a song called London Town. Walking down the sidewalk on a purple afternoon I was accosted by a barker Playing the simple tune upon his flute Toot, 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 toot Silver rain was falling down upon the dirty ground of London town I like that song. It's nice. Yeah. I am always astonished at how many words I know to songs that I haven't heard in a really long time. <laughs> I you, could sing that whole song right now. Do you ever catch yourself like singing the wrong words? Like you're like, oh, is that? No. Oh, no. I do that a lot lately. I <laughs> Singing the wrong words. Really? And my daughter would go, that's not the words. I go, I know I messed up. Your daughter catches you on it? Yeah. Because we, music's a big part of the, uh, the drive to school. Mm. Drive to school is kind of long. It's like 35 minutes one way. So there's a... Wow. So that's there's awesome. up and back. So that's uh, yeah. that's that's a lot of driving. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised only uh, on the songs that I... Th- there are songs that I think I know better than I do. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of ten, I'm singing along and I'm going, how do I still know these words? I don't even know. I think there's a certain age... That you can, that you're sort of stuck in, like you, like the music that you hear at a certain time in your life. It's is, there. It's there forever. Yeah, I agree. The, and books too, I think, that shape how you books. <laughs> I mean, we burn them for warmth, but warmth here in Los Angeles. You need to actually read a book. Yep. Is there speaking of books? Is there? And we weren't, but now we are. Mm. Is there a Paul McCartney has not written his autobiography, has he? He has not. No. Wonder yeah. if he's working on it. I feel like with all these re-releases of all his music, he must be. He must have something in the works that he's just not talking about. Yeah. And so if he dies, that'll you know, it's like on my death, this will be published. This will be published. <laughs> you know, but not before then. Yeah, I would assume that that would be a, that would be a, something everyone would want to read. I would. I mean, even if it is, uh, you know, going to be a little whitewashed, don't you think? Probably a little bit. Knowing Paul. I don't think Ringo will ever write a book. No, I don't think Ringo wants anyone to know. Yeah, just peace and love. Peace and love, peace and love. <laughs> What's next from London Town for Gwyn? Um, I'm carrying. It's called I'm Carrying. It's a little bit sweet again. Now, this is about, uh, this is about the NRA and Paul's pro-gun. It's about right? guns, yes. Carrying, he's open, he ca- always, open carrying. always thought it was fair to let you know. First light, I'll come back to your room again with my carnation hidden by the packages I'm carrying something 
Torch? Is he carrying a torch for her? Oh, he's got a lot of stuff he's carrying. Yes, I think it's a torch, but also a carnation and a bunch of stuff. He listed it. 30-06. That's a gun. Magnum. I thought it was a year. I was like, 30-06. <laughs> it's a long way away. This, is, this, this album has a lot of like nice songs. It does. It, well, it's, And I think that the album after it was in, he was trying to harden it up a little bit, actually. Yeah, rocking up a little bit. We'll find out about that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it just won't be me talking to you about Back to the Egg Hopefully Fingers crossed Fingers crossed This is Cafe on the Left Bank Oh, I'm glad you picked this Cafe on the Left Bank Ordinary wine Touching all the girls with your eyes Tiny crowd of Frenchmen I love the cymbal work that we're getting from uh, Mr. Joe English on the drums. A lot of yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of drumming. I love. We didn't hear it in that little clip, but. The cafe. <laughs> yes, that's cool. I love cool stuff like that. I do too. Just cool stuff. Uh, back to London Town for you. We're playing a lot of songs off London Town. Uh, we are. Uh, this is. We got a stall now because no one's here yet. No one's here. <laughs> so we got a stall. Stall. <laughs> we just play the whole album. Okay. It's. Uh, this is. I like. I. I didn't. I mean, as much as I like the sweet stuff, I like the rockier. Oh, stuff. you rock. I'm a rocker. People have said it from way back. <laughs> it's called I've Had Enough. In my teen angst, I had a lot of enough. I've had enough of Meat Love's voice. <laughs> I should be worried, but they say it'll pay for a bomb. I could just scream that all day. I've had enough. I can't put up with it anymore. Um, do, yes. you, do you have another one for I this do, album? I do. Okay. I, have the, I have the hit. The hit? Didn't with, you play the hit already? With a little luck. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. A lot of these songs are long. Like, with a little luck is five minutes and 45 seconds long. <laughs> I know. That's, I mean. That's if, long. If you said, how long is with a little luck? I would have said, mm, I don't know, 342. <laughs> 342, that's oddly specific. 342 would be what I would say. I wouldn't have said almost six minutes. Nope. But you know what? When I listen to it, it doesn't feel like it's six minutes. No, it doesn't. Feels like uh, just a nice little tune. With a little luck, we can help it out. We can make this whole damn thing work. 
feel about that song i love that song you love it i do love it i i could do without the synthesizers honest to god that's that's what puts me off that song but i like the lyrics mm-hmm. i yeah, mean the it, willow turns his back on inclement weather come on yeah it's it's nice it's nice and yeah if it, if it weren't for the synthesizers i think i would i would love it more okay is, is that all right it's fine it's fine you want to be a curmudgeon wow <laughs> You want to be a buzzkill? I was just thinking um, there are two songs on Egypt Station or Egyptian Station mm-hmm. that I, I, I like a lot, but I like, um, I don't like Fa You. I don't either. And I've said that a couple of times in the show. If I like the song, but I don't like the Fa, I don't like it. If it's you would have said, if you would have said, kiss you, hug you, love you, but the Fa means fuck. It's forced in too it doesn't yeah, seem it's just, natural it's not organic and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like what he would say and it doesn't add anything to the song at all i i think it, it feels wedged in yeah and if he said the actual word that would be awful i just want to fuck you that'd yeah. be awful it doesn't fit it doesn't yeah. fit the rest of the and song and then they say say like this guy hey, i just want to fuck you <laughs> <laughs> but the song i do like mm-hmm. very much is come on to me yeah I like that a lot. It's a good tune. It's a good tune, and I and it's very singable. Fuck you was the single. Well, come on to me was also. Come on to me was, and then fuck you. And it took over. I know. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> it's a rant. All right, you got one more from London Town. Well, it's it's um, not on London Town. Right. It was uh, part of a double A side. With Mull of Kintyre, which I just um, recently read that he was really unsure about releasing Mull of Kintyre, which is why he made it a double A side, which is good because in in the states they did not play Mull of Kintyre. Nobody cared about Mull of Kintyre yeah. at all. Do you care about it? I don't. I know no. that it it was like number one forever in in the UK. So strange. Um, they loved it. They loved their Kintyres, their do. mulls of Kintyre. But the flip side was a song called Girls' School, a little, little ditty that nobody knows about that I always kind of liked a little bit. Sounds like a Spinal Tap song. <laughs> it does, okay. doesn't it? We're going to take you to girls' school. One, two, three, four. Gave you? Is that the cue you gave me? Yeah, is that the cue I gave I you? I thought it was. What's it say there? What's your thing say? Uh, one thirty-three. Okay, let me get back. Yeah, one thirty-three. That's right at one thirty-three. Huh. That's interesting. Why did I? Why did I choose that? I don't know. Maybe that's. Uh, maybe that's. You were feeling like that was a good cue. All right. 
All right, there's no words in it. There's hardly any words. I know. Maybe you just like the, the I just like the guitar, the rocking, uh, rousing uh, rave up, <laughs> the rave up. All right. So now we're to the point in the show, Gwen, we're going to talk about the final wings album album called back to the egg. Yes. And joining us for this portion of the show is a guy who I would assume would be kind of a little bit of an expert on the album back to the egg. This album came out in 1979 and let me tell you who the uh, the band members were for this album. Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, Denny Lane, Steve Holly, and the gentleman to my right, welcome Mr. Lawrence Juber. Hello, Lawrence. Hello. Hello. So I guess I'm an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess that's not the first time you said that. Actually, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then that, I'm going to call that a rock-solid exclusive. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, Sunday morning to join us here. Uh, I'm so happy that you live close to the studio. <laughs> Me too. Which is good for you. <laughs> have you been up for a while? Have you, are you an early riser? Have oh, you, yeah. I'm, I'm a, uh, we have dogs. So you so, took the dogs for the walk. Yeah, you've got to get up early. I mean, you know, and it's... I'm used to traveling when you've got to be up at like four o'clock to catch a plane. and you know, It's... It, you, you get your sleep when you can when you're a touring musician. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, now, forgive me, I'm detecting an accent. <laughs> are you not? Are you Texas. not? Texas. <laughs> How long have you lived uh, in the States? Since 1981. Since 1981. Are you, yeah. are you, do you have dual citizenship? Yeah. Excellent. Congratulations. Now, I became a citizen, oh, 30 years ago. That's amazing. You know, you pay tax, you want to vote. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is think. true. Yeah. That, um, well, welcome. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have you on the show. We're glad to have you in the country. Yes. Oh, welcome. Happy to be here. Welcome to our country. So let's talk about... <laughs> it's my country, too. <laughs> it is your country, it is. too. Let's talk a little bit about... Um, uh, since since uh, Wings uh, ended their run, you have released... I, I think I counted 27 solo albums. As of this week, I think, yeah. That's um, it's hard to It's hard to keep track. I just... Um, I have a new one coming out in April. So when you do, and what's that one called? Tell us. Downtown. Downtown. Now, when you do, when you go out and you play out and you do a solo show, mm-hmm. how do you comprise a set list from 27 albums? Or do you just play, you just feature the most recent stuff? With great difficulty. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, there are just favorites. There yeah. are certain tunes that, you know, our audience pleases or me pleases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I work in one or two of the, whatever the latest release is. Okay. No, but occasionally, I mean, I might do a, a whole show that's all Beatles or Beatles slash Wings. Um, you know, if I'm play, like I played the Cavern Club last year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an ideal place to do a Beatles. Yeah, that's amazing. Things. What was the, what was the? Could you feel like? Could you feel it when you're in there? Uh well, it's a sweaty dive, so <laughs> you certainly <laughs> feel that. Is it still that. a sweaty? Yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, the only place it, they have right? air conditioning is on stage <laughs> in, the, like, the, the big room where they have it. And what, uh, what time of year did you play there? Well, first time I played there was actually in August, okay, which so was sweltering. Yes. But last time it was uh, October, so it wasn't, wasn't so bad. But, you know, it's like Liverpool is just, it's Beatles central, you know. Mm-hmm. So. But, but, and there was a period when they really didn't celebrate the Beatles there. And then it, you know, then they realized that it was kind of an economic miracle. Yeah, why would they not do that? Because the, in England, you know, the, the Beatles were 
homegrown. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't like you got in, we got invaded. Okay, I, under, I understand what you mean. Did, like, yeah. the way I love the British invasion, uh, musicians of the Beatles era from the UK, they loved American blues. So it just keeps ping-ponging yeah. across the pond, that so was to speak. It. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I look at pictures in my book, Guitar with Wings. I mean, there's a picture of my, my bedroom when I was, like, 13. And there's no Beatle pictures on the wall. Right. The stones, the animals, and, and the Beach Boys, I think. The Beach Boys, of course. <laughs> the... Um, and you, you started to play, well, by the way, we have two copies of your book that I, I hope you'll sign you that we're going to give away to <laughs> okay. our listeners. Cool. And I purchased those, so that'll put some uh, money in your pocket. My grandchildren's <laughs> college fund. Uh, Gwen also brought her personal book. Oh, lovely. And so, uh, but you don't have to sign that. What? Oh, I will. <laughs> I will. I will. Sign So let me take a detour. How many, uh, how many kids do you have? How many grandkids do you have? Uh, two daughters. Okay. Elsie, uh, the younger one, is a songwriter. Excellent. An excellent songwriter. Of course. In fact. Uh, if you've Proud listened Papa. to if you listen to the radio at all, you've heard her songs. Well, could, uh, can yeah. you tell us one? You gotta tell well, us. Well, I mean, right now, um, the Mark Ronson, Miley Cyrus, "Nothing Breaks Like a Heart." She wrote that. Are you um, kidding me? What? No, no. Shawn Mendes, "Mercy." Um, Major Lazer, "Powerful." Um, That's amazing. I mean, it's a long. You have to go to Ilse Juba's Wikipedia page, and there's just this long, long well, list. That's well, how I find out what she's been doing. <laughs> that is super exciting. Yeah, I mean, she's you know, it's like the last week she was in the studio with uh, Harry Styles and. You know, that's, that's what she does. This is big. Oh, and, and this Alicia, is, she was in New York with Alicia Keys. Oh, yeah, we've heard of her, too. Oh, this sure. is crazy. Congratulations. That's what, that's what she does. So, you know, it's kind of the next generation. Wow. And then Nico, my eldest, is the one with the two kids. Um, we have two grandkids. And uh, Nico, actually, Nico's just about to start a new job. She, she does, like, marketing. She, she used to be at Adobe. Oh, okay. Uh, but she's, she's moving to a different company. And the whole family's here in L.A.? Yes, except for my brother is still in England. Okay. But, you know, because when I came to the States, when I, I met Hope, who became my wife in New York, and her family were all in L.A., so I moved from New York to L.A., and then her family became my family. Oh, terrific. Um, and Hope's a writer, producer, so she produces uh, most of my albums, uh, but she's also written for TV and, you know, movies and um We've got some stage musicals that we've done together, too. Um, in uh, fact, last week we were in New York doing a reading of the Brady Bunch, a very Brady musical, oh. <laughs> which we are you know, moving forward, hoping to move forward with. For, we're not that far Brady from Bunch. the actual Brady Bunch house where we, where we house, are right. recording right now. Have you ever driven by that just to oh, check yes. it out? No, no, I'm, I'm well familiar with the, with the Brady house. <laughs> well, congratulations. That sounds like you have a, a wonderful family, a wonderful life. Yeah. And your wife's name is Hope, so you found Hope, I which is terrific. Hope. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, wow, this is fantastic. Yeah. So here's what I wanted to ask you. How long have you been playing guitar? Looks at his watch <laughs> um, for comedic effect. 55 years. 55 years. I started when I was 11, November 1963. November 1963. Yeah. What happened in November 1963? <laughs> well. What was the date? <laughs> well, it was my, my 11th birthday, so it was November 12th. Uh, so the Beatles had done the Royal Command performance the week before. That was the, the Rattle Your Jewelry right. mm -hmm. 
crack that John made. Um, <laughs> it was really, that was kind of like the crest of Beatlemania in England, because it all was happening, you know, for a year before you got mm -hmm. it over here. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it wasn't specifically the Beatles that motivated me to play guitar, it was really the Shadows. Oh, wow. Who were Cliff Richards' backing group, who were also like the English version of the Ventures. Hmm. They would have played surf music, but we didn't have any surf. <laughs> um, and, but it was that kind of twangy guitar thing. And then, you know, there's the, um, the first James Bond movie came out right around that time, Dr. No. Mm -hmm. And that had also that twangy. So that wasn't Lawrence playing. That was actually my mouth. Yeah, I, <laughs> not bad, not though, right? Bad, not, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. That's um, as musical as I get. <laughs> uh, so... It, what, but what the Beatles did was they, it gave, they gave the guitar kind of legitimacy. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it was okay. You, you know, my dad wanted me to play the saxophone, and the guitar just didn't compete with the saxophone yeah. in his mind because he grew up with big bands, you know, and he was a fan of that kind of music. But, but you know, the Beatles come along, and it's like they're playing for royalty, and it's like it's yeah. a huge thing, and it's like, oh, maybe this guitar thing's not so... Quite as hooligan as we <laughs> Now, did you, uh, did you take lessons or were you self-taught? I had a few lessons to start off with. Mm -hmm. And then I was mostly self-taught, except I took classical guitar lessons in high school. But specifically because I wanted to study music. I wanted to study music theory. And I needed to have a certain grade level on a legit instrument. Gotcha. You know? So, you know, rock jazz guitar didn't count but classical guitar did so <laughs> and it was good good um it was good training and were you one of these people that once you picked it up was it like did you like you couldn't wait to get home from school to pick up the oh, guitar yeah. yeah i couldn't put it down in fact i pick it up at school <laughs> lunchtime <laughs> um yeah i mean it was it, it became very clear to me by the time i was 13 i i had a, a career path mapped out that i was going to be a at studio at guitar 13 player. Yeah, because I'd started, it was a local band leader started using me on um, like casual gigs, like weddings and stuff. And um, through like playing with older musicians, mm -hmm. I really kind of understood that the, the way to make you know, a good living would, you know, if you weren't going to be in a successful rock and roll band, um, was to be a studio musician. So I set that as my goal. And did... Uh and how did your parents feel about you, uh, a 13-year-old, going out and playing with some, some grown-ups and doing these type of gigs? Were they okay with that? Yeah, they were fine with that. I mean, they, they kind of expected me to, you know, in my education, to get something to fall back on. Yeah. You know, they had this vision of me, being, if not being a doctor, at least a pharmacist. <laughs> did they? Something. Something. Or, or my grandmother thought I should be an accountant. Um, but, but for me, it was like once I got to the point where you know, I realized that music was going to be my life, that I then made a decision that, that to my education, my fallback position mm -hmm. was going to be music. Yeah. So it was going to be music, whatever happened. Um, so I had actually, I got accepted at a, a, a music school outside of London in Leeds, uh, which was the closest place in England that you could do something like the Berklee School of Music sure. in, in Boston. Um, but then I realized that it was like, you know, I'd been paying my dues without even knowing that that's what I was doing as a teenager. <laughs> You're just having fun London. and enjoying yourself. Yeah, and, but I'm actually like, you know, getting a network going. Uh, and so I, I took what was 
what is now fashionable as a gap year. Hmm. I actually did that myself where I, because I, I got decent grades um, when I, in my, my A-levels, which was kind of like the high school okay. graduation. And um, so I applied to London University and, and just took a year, you know, there, there was that year while I was applying and then got accepted. And I was just working professionally around London and starting to get involved in doing demo sessions and, okay. and just kind of getting into the scene. And so while I was at college, I was still working. I was still playing gigs at weekends and I'd go for a week and, and sub for one of the guitar players in Jesus Christ Superstar. And huh. I joined the National Youth Jazz Orchestra, which was kind of like a farm team for studio players. And it just was, I was just surrounded by music making. When you do a, when you do a, a studio session and they call you in, do they ever, do you have to make up sometimes what you're going to play right on the spot? Like, do they say, oh, could you, Lawrence, could you do a solo in here? Do you have anything? Yeah, Sometimes. Sometimes you're reading a part. Sometimes everybody gathers around the piano and figures out what, you know, what, it, what mm-hmm. they're all going to play. I mean, it, it, it varies tremendously. It sounds um, extremely exciting. It can be. It can be a lot of pressure, too. I mean, sure. especially a big movie session can, can be a lot of pressure because there's, you know, maybe 80 musicians in the studio. And, and there's not much room for error. No. Yeah. And if, whoever makes the mistake, they're going to know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, it's you money, get it. right? Yeah. It's money. Well, it in the costs studio. money. Yeah. yeah. But but I mean, there is a certain you know certain pad built into that. I mean, you know, I've done orchestral things where you'd spend three hours on one tune, and other times when you get one take and that's it, and then you got to move on because there's a you know. And I've have done it as a producer. I've done it as a composer, as well as being on the musician side mm-hmm. of it. So it's it's always you know it's it's always one thing. Is different. One session is different from another. When you uh, when you record your albums now, do you have a studio set up at your house? Is that where you do it? I do, but like the next album, uh, I did at Capitol. Oh, great! Um, I had a whole bunch of arrangements of standards like uh, Caravan, Misty, Limehouse Blues, things like that. And I just figured, oh, you know, I there's there's like arranged stuff, and then there's some improvisation. So I just want to get performances so i just went into capital studio b for five hours with al schmidt engineering who's like the the godfather of recording engineers and just did it in five hours in five hours yeah. and this is the one that's coming out in april that'll be out in april yeah whereas the last one the most recent one touchstones is actually a classical collection that goes along with a a, a guitar book uh that hal leonard just published um, the book's called The Evolution of Fingerstyle Guitar, and it goes back to the Renaissance. Uh, the earliest piece is 1507. Oh, my God. And I did transcriptions of lute, Renaissance lute and guitar, Baroque guitar, and then some classical pieces up through the American, um, what's called the parlor guitar style, up into the early tw- uh, 1920s. So you really, you, you are definitely not pigeonholing yourself. You do a little bit of everything. Or maybe a, or a lot, lot of, everything. of everything. Maybe a lot, lot of everything. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a chameleon stylistic. That's a good way to put it. Um, I I'm a you know when I was in college I studied music and musicology. I didn't study guitar mm-hmm. in college, so I consider myself a guitarologist. You know, just <laughs> kind of have a an overview of of style and guitaristic sensibility. Now, that might be an album title if for the future. You think Guitarologist. So? Guitarologist. Well, 
I actually, Gwen doesn't, no, Gwen, no, Gwen doesn't that, think so. No. I want you to call the book Guitarology and how Leonard talked me out of it. So. Oh, all right. So maybe Sometimes these things sound like they're going to make great time. <laughs> Hell's onto something there. Hell might be onto something. Okay. Hell, hell knows. Yeah. Uh, so you join, uh, what's it, it must be incredible when you're working at a young age with Paul McCartney, who, you know, who had been in your... You know, his posters weren't, Beatles posters weren't in your room. No, but, 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 it, it was, you, but you, the Beatles music was integral to my youth. Right. Um, and I think it was, I mean, it was like really quite miraculous that, you know, I was, I, I, what happened was I was working on a TV show with David Essex, who was at the time was a, you know, a big pop star. In Rock England. on. Rock on. Yeah. And I was playing lead guitar in the house band. And one week we had Denny Lane as a guest. Okay. And we did Go Now. And they'd given, given me a guitar solo to play on it. And um, Denny and I bonded. And um, shortly thereafter, I was doing a, a jingle session at a, a CTS Studios in North London, Wembley. And went off to the to the bathroom on, on the Musicians' Union break <laughs> with Herbie Flowers, who's one of the great bass players, who's... Paul was always a big fan of Herbie's playing. Um, and walk in, and there's Paul McCartney zipping up his fly, and, you know, <laughs> and I, got to, I got to meet, you know, a, an icon. Because that's uh, where people want to be met. Well, yeah, in the bathroom, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But you're a musician. You weren't a, you were, you're, you're, you're in the biz, so it's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you get away with all kinds of stuff when you're a musician. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, was just introduced at that moment. Sure. And, uh, but then a, a few months later, I was uh, working at Air Studios, which was, you know, George Martin's, the old studio at o Oxford Circus, um, right in the center of London. And you kind of go upstairs and, you know, overlooking, you know, pretty much like ground zero of London is... Probably an amazing was, view. It was pretty cool, yeah. Um, and I was early and for a session, and Wings were actually running a bit late. Uh, they were in there recording. Paul, Linda, and Danny were doing something for one of the animated uh, films. That, okay. Uh, it might have been the Oriental Nightfish or one of those Linda pieces that you know, got animated. And um, they invited me in, and that was when I got kind of properly introduced um, and then I didn't hear anything for about four months and I, I knew the Wings were looking for a guitar player but I wasn't one of the thousand guitar players that had submitted tapes and resumes and stuff but um, I was working at Abbey Road in, in Studio 2 which, hmm. you know, that, that was always a thrill was working in, <laughs> in that studio and I got a phone call and, uh, you know, and in those days, of course, there were no cell phones. No. And, and they really need to find you if they want to call you. Yeah, I mean, somebody's really looking <laughs> for you. Yeah. The, you know, the only other time I ever got a phone call on a session was when my father had passed away. I mean, it was so, no. you know, a phone call comes in, it's like, oh, no, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I go up into the control room and there's that staircase that you go up. And, and I'd never been up into the control room because, you know, as a musician, you stay down. Yeah. In, in the, Unless in you're the getting studio. a call. <laughs> and it's and it was it was MPL. It was uh, Alan Crowder who was you know handled management at, at Paul's office, saying Denny wants to know if you can come and jam on Monday. And oh, by the way, Paul and Linda will be there. <laughs> and it was and, like, and you said, I don't know. 
No, thank you. I said, I'm free on Monday. <laughs> no matter what. Even no if you weren't, what, yeah. you were free. But as it happened, I was happily. Good. And um, I then panicked and borrowed some Wings albums <laughs> from my brother. Because <laughs> I didn't really listen to. Sure. I wasn't listening to that stuff so much. It was, you know, I, I mean, my kind of... The stuff that I would listen to recreationally was, you know, like Weather Report and Return to Forever, all the kind mm -hmm. of like um, Mahavishnu Orchestra, all the, you know, because I was kind of into this hotshot kind of fusion guitar. Mm -hmm. So stuff. now you're going to step into, you know, I'm not belittling the term, but you're going to step into a pop rock band, possibly. And you're okay possibly. with that. And yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, a gig is a gig. Right. And it's Paul McCartney. Right. You know. Um, and, but, you know, so I went in to, you know, what was functionally an audition. It didn't feel like an audition. It they didn't make like it, they were, weren't sitting at a table. It wasn't like a row of guys, yeah. They didn't hold of, numbers up at the no, end. No, no. Or, you know, <laughs> when Denny, Denny Sywell went and auditioned and it was, you know, like a little dirty basement somewhere in New York mm -hmm. where Paul's sitting at a table kind of like, you know, taking people's names down. <laughs> oh, it wasn't no. like that. It was just me and Steve Holly, you know, the drummer, Steve, who were... Uh, Basically, just they put us together, and Chris Thomas was there, who was you know, being brought on to, to co-produce back to the egg, what became back to the egg, and we jammed on some Chuck Berry tunes and and reggae grooves, and then they offered me the gig right then and there. Yeah, wow. Paul said, "What are you doing for the next few years?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was like I had to think about it. <gasps> For a nanosecond. Because right. I built up this career as a studio player. And yeah. I, I knew that I would just keep doing it. And, you know, but I wasn't going to turn down the opportunity to work with, uh, work with the Beatles. And once you, uh, once you join the band, um, is it, it's just the band. So if you get a studio, if you get a call to do a studio gig, can you, could you go do it? Or were you, were you uh, well, exclusive to Paul and the band? There was a little bit of an overlap to begin with mm -hmm. where I just had stuff in the book that needed to be, you know, I needed to get through. And they're professional, so they understand that. Yeah. Um, there, was, there was a point where, like, for example, Tony Visconti asked me to go um, to Switzerland to do a, a record with Rick Wakeman. And, and I asked Paul, I said, you know, is this cool? And, and he said, yes, that's okay. And then... No like, pun intended when he said yes. Right. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, and then a couple of days later, he said, no, I've changed my mind. You know, we want this to look like a band and not, have, not be session players. Okay. Um, and I guess I understand that. I had to bail on, the, on that particular project. That must have made you feel good, though, too, that he was like, no, you're, you're my guy now. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, you know, the, we were encouraged to think of ourselves as a band. That's good. And I was going to ask just question, Paul's Paul's backing, backing band. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so at that time, then we have Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, Denny Lane, Steve Holly, and then the new guy, Lawrence yeah. Juba. Well, Steve was new too. I mean, he'd been in the, um, uh, the London Town um, video. Okay. London to, or with a little luck, whatever it was. He had done a video with them, but, okay. but only because he was buddies with Denny and they wanted somebody to sit behind the drums. Because yeah, I think Paul maybe played drums on the London Town oh, album. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Joe, uh, Joe English may have done a few things because okay. he was still technically, I think, with the band at that point. It's like Jimmy McCulloch was still playing guitar for London Town. Um, 
but Steve, you know, it was difficult for Steve. I mean, for me, I was just walking away from, you know, like a session career. Steve's, uh, the band, his own band, Vapor Trails, had just got signed to Warner Brothers in, in America. Yes. And he was offered the Elton John gig at the same time. <sighs> so, you know, he you know, was a, a, just spoiled for choices. But he chose to stay with, you know, to be with Paul, too. Yeah, that's, oh. it's tough because the Elton, the Elton gig in hindsight might have gone for... Might have gone on longer. A, a, a yeah. lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the thing is that because we knew going into it that the, the different incarnations of Wings had, you know, a limited lifespan. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was like, well, I'm not going to look that far ahead. Right. With this. Just enjoy play it. Play it out. Just play it yeah. out. One day at a time. Just enjoy, yeah. enjoy it. Do you, uh, I just have another question before we move on. Are you, do you, do you like to go out and watch, uh, uh, watch other performers? Do you still get a charge out of that? Um, I, sometimes. It depends mm-hmm. who it is. Um, I imagine you're pretty selective. Well, it's just, you know, part of it is just if I'm gigging. Then you can't go see someone. Well, then I see people like if I'm playing festivals. You know, oh, for that's the, true. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll sit, you know, I'll, I'll find a nice perch and watch Richard Thompson, you know, at a Canadian festival or something. <laughs> but that, you know, that also goes back to the fact that as a teenager, I was a big Fairport Convention fan. So, I, you know, I was watching Richard Thompson when I was 16. Yeah. Mm. You know, um, you know the, I mean, we went to see Paul Simon at the Hollywood Bowl, you know, for example. That was fabulous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm friends with Steve Miller, so, you know, I'll go see Steve when he's playing locally. Um, it's, the, the problem is really just getting out to yeah. clubs and, mm-hmm. and seeing people. And well, it's, it's, a, it's a chore sometimes, too, well, it, it in can L.A. Be, but, but I mean, I just, I have a lot on my plate. Yeah. You know, there's always... Which is good. You know, because I'm doing, you know, whether it's, you know, making a record or, or being on the road or working on one of these musicals that we've been working on and, and just generally taking care of business. So, um, so when you have a night off, you probably just want to stay home? Want to get caught up on Downton Abbey or... <laughs> Oh, one of those. You know it's over. It's over. You know it's it, over. It I'm waiting for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> now we, we got that. We caught, caught up on that and the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and, you know, uh, kind of working through the Kaminsky method right now. All right. But, you know, so far this year, I mean, this, this weekend is my first weekend off since the beginning of and, the year. And we were lucky enough that you were lucky we were you. Yeah. It coincided Thank with this. Thank you that's, for coming. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, so you record this thing. I call it a thing. Back to the egg, I uh, I love the album cover. It's so, it's kind of cool. I it's, really like. You know what's? I think hypnosis it's really did this. Crystal clear too. It's super like, I don't know, vibrant. Yeah. is the word I want. When when we were doing the photo session, we were listening to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Um, just to get, uh, just to get the, in yeah, the, the mindset. Photo- the, the photographer was was playing it in in the studio, um, but that album. I mean, it's it, 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 the interesting thing was the first session that I did with with Wings was for a song called Same Time Next Year, which never at the time never got released. It was actually being done as a demo for a movie of the same name. Paul was trying to get the the title song okay. and it ended up. Marvin Hamlish got it. But we did this big ballad and, you know, like a week later they overdubbed like a huge string orchestra on it. It was like, I'd never played on a demo that was that well produced. <laughs> you know? 
and it was, you know, it was a record, and, and it was in that kind of like my love kind of, you know, the big McCartney orchestrated ballad. Um, it didn't get released until, you know, probably 10 years later when it was a, a bonus track on the Put It There CD single. Um, but the, but we went, you know, that was my first session. The first tune we recorded when we went up to Scotland to start work on Back to the Egg was To You, which is this weird kind of like, you know, semi-punk kind of atonal, like completely left field type thing with a, a weird guitar solo that I was playing. And at the same time, Paul was, a, was uh, tweaking um, the pitch shift on a, a device called a harmonizer. Okay. So any note that I would play would then get transformed in real time. So we were kind of like playing off of each other. It was a, interesting. Interesting. So, was that good interesting or oh, bad interesting? Oh, very good interesting. Oh, okay. No, I love that kind of thing. Improvising. Yeah, uh, but... but like where you really don't know where it's going, right? You know, um, but it was such a different musical experience from this kind of sophisticated, you know, big, big ballad that we had done previously. Well, the first song that I want to play from Back to the Egg, it's a, it's an obvious choice because it's a it was a hit single. Getting closer was that cool when when you have a song that you played on and it's on the radio. And this is probably your, is this your first taste of like... Uh, it wasn't my first taste mm -hmm. of, of hearing myself on the radio. Yeah. Because I played on Sessions. records in yes. England that, that got radio airplay. But the first hit, which wasn't on the album and really was contemporaneous with it, was, was Goodnight Tonight. And then I'll play that one first. Um, and that, you know, that was in, in the States. I mean, that was, that was a, a big record. Let's hear um, it. Before you were here, Gwen and I were discussing whether it was, uh, at this point, is the band Paul McCartney and Wings, or is it Wings? Well, Back to the Egg is credited to Wings. Just to Wings. Yeah, it varied. I mean, sometimes it would be Paul McCartney right. and Wings, and sometimes it would be Wings. And um, with the Egg, it was, it was Wings. I like I'm not sure about <laughs> Goodnight Tonight. I think that was Paul McCartney and Wings. But, but that was actually, I mean, that was, a, you know, Paul had the basic track already, and then we enhanced it. Um, during the, the sessions mm -hmm. for, for Back to the Egg, because we needed a single. And uh, Paul had actually, I mean, this was now January of 79. You know, we'd already been working on Egg. We started in July 
and then we went through um, into December and then kind of regrouped in January and said we need a single. We had a kind of a meeting in a boardroom, you know, to discuss the business side of it. And um, so, you know, there was some you know, discussion about, you know, what the next single would be because nothing off of the album was ready right. yet to release. And so, you know, somebody said, well, what, what are you doing the Beatles? And, and it was, well, you know, write something new over the weekend <laughs> so you know we said, well, let's go do that you know so paul wrote um uh daytime nighttime suffering which ended up being the b-side of good night tonight except on some of the american radio stations who wouldn't play good night tonight because they thought it was too quote disco which right. it really wasn't um it was a dance record yeah but um but uh, daytime nighttime suffering was a very very cool one. And we, we worked on both of those. Those are the first two tracks we worked on in, in January of 79. But, but we, we started in Scotland. And the stuff that we did in Scotland was just had a rougher edge than anything else that we did when we came, with the exception of the orchestra tracks, when we came back down to London. Well, let me play a little bit of uh, Daytime, Nighttime Suffering, and then we're going to talk about the uh, orchestra because there's a... There's a lot of people in that. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. in that. A lot of people. What does she get for all the love she gave you? There on the ladder of regrets. I do river. Give her all she gets. What does she get for all? Lawrence, in preparation for the show, uh, Quinn and I listened to all of the Wings albums, top to bottom, and uh, I hope you won't take it as a uh, as a slight when I say that Back to the Egg is my second favorite Wings album, uh -huh. Band on the Run. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... First. I mean, it's a classic. But second is not bad. I mean... It's really yeah, good. Back, Back to, to the, the Egg, Egg is really good. It comes up in the top three. What's the other one? What would the... What would, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just, oh, back to the eggs in the top three. Great. And then I go. <laughs> Venus and Mars. Maybe Venus and yeah, Mars. Yeah, people love yeah. back to the egg, though. But other, yeah. other, other listeners that I've I'm talked to. I'm surprised at how many musicians I, I encounter that, you know, that was, back to the egg was actually their entree to all things Beatle. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, but, it's an age thing, too. Like, you know, you might be, you were, you were yeah. too young when the Beatles were around, so you find this, and there's an old joke. Wait, wait, Paul McCartney yeah. was in another band? Other than wings, I don't believe that joke. I don't believe that <laughs> ever came. <laughs> Some columnist came yeah, up Paul with McCartney it. Paul McCartney was in a band before he worked with Michael Jackson. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, but but daytime, nighttime, suffering. The the funny thing was, you know, the Back to the Egg was recorded in in different locations. We okay. started up on the farm in Scotland. I, can I ask a quick question mm -hmm. about the farm? Sure. I've read things about how rough it was up there, and. Um, the sleeping arrangements for the band and stuff like that were not uh, exceptionally comfortable. Uh, it wasn't what did you that feel rough. about? It wasn't, it wasn't that, rough. that rough. You I had mean, an indoor bathroom. Was oh that? Oh yeah. I mean, great. it's not like That's you all know. I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were the, this big barn, and downstairs we turned that into a recording room, right. and then there was kind of a smaller room with a 
um, the console and the tape recorders. And above it, there were, it was kind of like partitioned off, kind of like a dormitory type thing. Mm. So there wasn't like that much privacy, uh, but, but everybody had individual rooms. And there was, you know, kind of a communal bathroom and stuff. But then there was a cottage just down the way that I stayed in for a while too, which was completely self-contained. Uh, but it wasn't. I mean, it's not like we were, you know, it, it, we were in camping, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. I mean, it was, it was, it was. For a farm, it was fairly civilized. <laughs> um, but so we started recording there, and then we went down to the south coast because Paul and Linda wanted somewhere that was relatively close to where they had just moved. They'd moved down to Peasmarsh. They'd moved out of London, um, and we were at Lim Castle, uh, which was like this medieval castle. And we, so we were recording there. And then we went to Abbey Road. So, you know, Scotland, medieval castle, and then Abbey Road Studio 2, which was, you know, like a slice of heaven. You're in Abbey Road Studio 2, and you're with Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's crazy. Um, and that was, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, and then we couldn't get back in to Abbey Road uh, because Cliff Richard had booked it out in January. Um, and so Paul, and because we were pretty much done recording, like big room recording, mm -hmm. Paul had a replica of the control room of Studio Two built in the basement of his office. Now, how did he afford Square. to do that? How could he? <laughs> you know, it was hardly, <laughs> it was hardly a, an expensive proposition. <laughs> I mean, it was basically they brought in a console and a, and a tape machine and, and that is very wired cool. in, you know, got the echo, the, the echo chambers from Abbey Road came in over the phone lines. Wow. And the, there was a big fake window with a picture of, of the studio with a, like a little inset clock <laughs> that actually worked. Um, but but, but the, the only area that we had for recording actual music was this little kitchenette area. And so if we come in after that weekend when Paul comes in on the Monday morning with daytime, nighttime suffering, and, and it's like, okay, let's record it. And it's like, we look around and it's like, you know, the kitchenette is not much bigger than this little table right. we're sitting at. And so Steve's drums get set up and we, you know, we kind of squeezed in there. And that's where we recorded that track. I and mean, it was like doing wow. it in a home studio kind of thing. Wow. It and sounds all the fantastic. All the overdubs we did for Goodnight Tonight were also done there um, during that week. Um, and then you know, eventually we went back to, to Abbey Road to, to mix. Um, but we were doing some mixing even, and doing vocals and stuff down in, um, in the basement in that... that um, Replica, Paul called it a replica studio. At the, at the time you're doing stuff like this, do you, really, do you really take a step out of your body for a second and like really take a picture of, this is kind of exciting right now. This part of my career is pretty cool. Not that the rest isn't going to be, but this is something special. Well, you certainly kind of live in the moment yeah. for, for that kind of experience. Um, but there were, you know, there were gaps when we would, wouldn't be working, and I was starting to cultivate connections in New York, because once I'd really, you know, got a taste of, of the music scene in New York, I thought, well, you know, when this is over, which it inevitably will be, mm. then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna re, you know, reset, transplant myself and into this new environment. Uh you have an amazing memory. Like I can't remember anything at my age, and you you 
really have a lot of detail here. Right. I love it. I have to dig around for it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the Rockestra lineup uh, mm-hmm. on the song's Rockestra theme and a song called So Glad to See You Here. We've got uh, on guitars couple of guys that you might have heard of, uh, Denny Lane, Lawrence Juber, David Gilmore, mm-hmm. Pete Townsend, Hank Marvin, and then... Drum- we, we, we had Jimmy Page's amplifier, but he never showed up. <laughs> Come on, and, Jimmy. And Jeff, Jeff Beck wanted approval over his guitar parts, and Paul said no. That wasn't the spirit of what we were doing. Everything I read about Jeff Beck is like he might be difficult. He might be a little difficult. He's a really good guitar player. He is. That's yes. worth it. He, he can is be that. difficult. But uh, Lawrence isn't difficult, and he's a great guitar yes. player. Yes. Well, it all uh, depends what you're asking me to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drums, Steve Holly, John Bonham, Kenny Jones. It would have been Keith Moon. Yeah. But he had passed just a few weeks earlier. Basis, mm-hmm. we got, uh, yeah, because we got John Paul Jones here, and mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, Ronnie Lane, yep. Bruce Thomas. And this is amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, it was Ray a rock, Cooper on percussion. It was a rock orchestra. It certainly was. Let's hear a little bit of the, uh, of the if I'm saying it right, rockestra theme. Yeah. Is everyone there at the same time, or is this uh, is oh, this yeah. over? Everything, everyone's yeah. together. Everybody was together. There was a live session. We did two ch- two tunes in that one afternoon. And was was that at Abbey Road? That was in Abbey Road Studio too, and and it was all filmed. Yeah, I was going to say I think yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, well, they cut together like a 15, 20 minute film, but but the cameras were all hidden. And they had neglected to get clearances in advance. So, you know, it just... Thank uh, God Beck wasn't there. He would not have signed. Oh, no. Well, uh, and, and in fact, you know, it ended up they really couldn't kind of create a full, full movie out of it. But, but there is that. And I imagine when the, um, when the Back to the Egg boxed set comes out that they'll include... You know, they'll include that. Do you know if that's coming out? Do you have any uh, info on that I, that you could say? I just hear rumors... You it's know. got it. They've got to be the next two. Have got to be London Town and Back to the Egg. You got to figure because I think that's all that's left. Of the, <laughs> yeah, for the wing stuff. The wing so stuff, yeah, and this would be the year to do it because it's the 40th anniversary. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. God. We'll see. Fingers crossed. We'll see. I mean, the, what I heard was that it would be, it would be Back to the Egg. It would be the Rupert demos, the Rupert the Bear demos, mm-hmm. which we did in Scotland one day during mm-hmm. the um, during the recording, um, and then the. Um, what the what got bootlegged is last flight, which was the Glasgow concert. Okay, that uh, coming up came from. 
Um, the live coming up. And then, yeah, the live coming up. And then um, the probably the Campuchia set. Wow. That's going to be, yeah. Because the, the Glasgow concert, which was really the best concert, it was a better concert than the Campuchia one. Because Campuchia was kind of after Christmas and everything else mm -hmm. was before Christmas. And that was, I mean, that was pretty good. I mean, we were just, you know, we were really getting worked in nicely. By <laughs> what, was there extensive touring for Back to the Egg? There would have been. Yep. Were it not for the fact that Paul got busted in Tokyo. Here we go. Here yeah. we go, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I was standing next to him. So that was not, not a great experience. <sighs> okay. Um, well, we, won't, we don't have yeah, to talk about it. We don't have it. to go there. No. No. Um, but, we, but we can... We want to, but we're not. <laughs> but, we, no, but we will hear... The other uh, Rockester lineup track. Let's hear a little bit of So Glad to See You Here. Why do I keep reaching for My producer is not here, Lauren, so I'm doing everything. I have a producer's name's Chris Thomas. <laughs> Yeah, that session was the first time I'd seen two 24-track machines be slaved together because you know, there were so many, so many microphones going that they needed you know, more than 24 tracks. Yeah, I'm worried about my computer uh, might stop recording, and yeah. I can't even imagine how many balls are in the air at Abbey Road <laughs> Studio oh with the uh, Rockestra yeah. lineup. Yeah. That's insane. Um, Lawrence, I, uh, I, I had asked if, uh, if you would want to bring your guitar, if, uh, if you'd want to play, that uh -huh. would totally be up to you. And you did actually bring that. So do you, want to, do you want to do a little something for us? Sure. Let me grab it. All right. Um, I might as well fill the time with a story about Goodnight Tonight, can I? Of course you can. Uh, I was at Amoeba. and a Amoeba, Amoeba Records here in Hollywood, California. That's right. Uh, and Elijah Wood was DJing on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> because why not? Because why not? And in the middle of it, he had sampled Goodnight Tonight, right in the middle of it. And I went... And looked at <laughs> you him, did a quick head turn. And he, I think, I don't know if he noticed me noticing it, but I think I was the only one that like went, uh, what the heck? Everything and old did, is new Did you again. turn and say, thank you, Mr. Frodo? Yes. <laughs> well, of course. There's a lot of headphone cord if yeah, you want it. You can just pull it out of the table here. Well, you know, Goodnight Tonight was, was a big hit in Europe. It was like in the uh, European know, yeah. dance clubs all summer of, uh, of 79. Yeah. And then the orchestra theme got used for a, um, a, a theme for a sports show on the radio in France. And so that was something of a hit in France, too. Um. Where did wonderful Christmas time come in? <laughs> yeah. That's all Paul, though. I didn't Paul. It's all Paul. It's all, all Paul. Paul. I know. We're in the video. Right. I can picture you in the video. Yeah. 
But I, I feel like that's another one that's come around. Like when it first came out, people were like, what is this? I love, I've always and loved now, that song. I think it's so fun. And now it's like a standard. No, I never liked it. You I never gotta, liked no, it? No, I didn't. How dare you? It's one, I, one of the top 25 all-time Christmas records. There you go. I love it. Yeah. I know. That's what's so <laughs> astonishing to me. No, I, you know, it's just interesting how things come around. That's all. That's all I'm saying. All right, I'm going to move this mic down. I don't know if you can, yeah, you can do it well, like that. Point it. In Excellent. That, in that general direction. Oh, that's, mm. that's very nice. So now I am praying to God that this is not when the computer stops. <laughs> We've, it's been, I'm going to knock on some wood. I'm going to pray to the rock and roll gods. So, so is this a? Are we going to hear an original tune? No, what are we going to do? You're going to hear. You're going to hear a Beatles tune. Hmm. Um, you have three Beatles three, instrumental yeah, cover albums. Yeah, with the fourth one in progress. <laughs> There's my a, wife Hope keeps insisting that I do. You'll never run out of songs. Run out of songs. I know. Your wife keeps um, insisting that you do Beatles. Yes. Because that way she gets to listen to me playing Beatles songs. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's produced. You know, she's produced all three. Yeah. There's LJ Plays the Beatles, LJ Plays the Beatles, Longing 2, LJ Can't Stop Playing the Beatles. <laughs> and the next one is going to be called The Fab Fourth. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. That was where the, the title came before the, uh, before the album. Okay, so 1963, August of 63. So we're coming up on my 11th birthday. We're just, you know, it's, like, it's all starting to you know, coalesce. And this, this record came out.
Oh my God. That is ridiculous. Awesome. That's incredible. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. my Lawrence, I was just, I'm watching because I don't play an instrument, but I'm watching you play and it makes me say, well, I'm never going to play an instrument now. <laughs> right. <laughs> look how amazing that is. Oh, my God. Yeah. It just takes 55 years of just practice. Just 55 years of practice. <laughs> I'm on it. Uh, wow. So good. Amazing. Yeah, that's on um, LJ Can't Stop Playing the Beatles. Um, All right. So. Let's, uh, I want to play a song from Back to the Egg, Lawrence, mm-hmm. that you play bass on. Uh-huh. And I want to, after we play this, I want to know, because that's, that's Paul's primary instrument. It so is. how do you get to play bass on, um, on Love Awake? Because he asked me to. Um, when we tracked it, when we, we did a, I, I, I think it was a demo. But we, we recorded it a couple of different times, and, and one time I played bass. Because um, Paul and Denny were playing acoustic guitar. Okay. And Paul liked my bass part, so he he said, well, you know, I was expecting him to play it. And I said, no, you do it. So, and then he kind of like knelt on the floor next to me and gave me a, a brief lesson in, in <laughs> picking, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it was not, I wasn't expecting that, but it was kind of cool that I got to do it. All right, let's hear got a, a bass lesson from Paul McCartney. What? You can't beat that. sure that we heard some of that bass in there <laughs> right up front very nice that's also that track has the black dyke mills band on it which is a like no, a, a miners band from the north of england it's like a, wow. a, a brass band yeah i always liked that um i guess from the early days with uh, george martin and everything they always willing to be experimental and try new stuff which i guess oh, yeah. keeps you it exciting for a 50 plus year career well, that was the thing about the Beatles was that every album had a different tone to it. I mean, like sonically, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and that wasn't just because you know, you know, when Jeff Emmerich took over from from Norman Smith or whatever. It was just that, although that did make a difference, but they would use different guitars. They would, you know, f- use different amplifiers and just just to make things sound different, so they weren't just repeating themselves. Do you have a, uh, well, I'll ask everyone this. We'll go around, but we'll start with Lawrence. Do you have a favorite go-to Beatles album? Probably Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul. It's a toss-up between Rubber Soul and Abbey Road. Yeah, it's Abbey Road from Well, Abbey Road me. is the most evolved. It is. But Rubber Soul just has such a vibe to it. But, you know, I mean, the, 
the psychologists talk about the fact that what the music that you listen to in your 15th year, specifically when you're like 14 and a mm-hmm. half, is, is pretty much that's, that's the stuff that really imprints itself. And for me, that was like the spring of 1967. So, Sergeant Pepper, are you experienced? Piper at the Gates of Dawn. You know, it was like, that was a particularly rich time. Oh, Disraeli Gears. I mean, and those albums are still classics to this day. So, I mean, well, yeah. you, you were lucky to... They have, are to have, my brain. Yes. <laughs> well, you were lucky to have lived when those were uh, just out. It's amazing. I think, you know, Sergeant Pepper lives in kind of its own space. Mm-hmm. That it, it, it because it's it's the ultimate concept album, I think. In, sort of set respect. apart from the rest of the catalog. You mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can that. listen to individual songs, but really, it's best to listen to Sergeant Pepper top thing, to bottom. Yeah. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite Beatles album, Gwen? You can't do it, can you? I can't do it. I don't know why you would ask this question. <laughs> I, it's a I trick can't do question. it. It is a trick yeah. question. I it it's completely dependent on my mood. Is that a cop out? No, no. Actually, you love it all. That's it, fine. I mean, the, the reality is, that's you know, the Beatles it's have the such a, a range, and that's why you can always go back to them. You know, there's yeah. always and there's always something new to hear. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I mean, this isn't. We're not. It's not a Beatles episode, and Lawrence is here. But since we, it has a it has a Beatles pedigree in there. It's just that's why, like, I always say, like. You listen to the Beatles in the car with your when your kids are in the car, but like you don't listen to the Stones <laughs> because there's some uh, there could be some objectionable stuff coming up. You know what I mean? I don't want my I don't want my I wouldn't want my little kids to hear Brown Sugar. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, Love Me Do, yeah, let, we can do that. Yeah. Um, What's yours? It's Abbey Road. Abbey it's Road Abbey is Road my favorite. Abbey Road is for sure. And then Abbey Road, and then I really love Hard Day's Night. I really, it's so great. I just love uh-huh. it. Beatles Even, is like music I put on, like, if I'm, when, when I'm in the kitchen cooking, I'm all, Beatles I, I always put on. I can listen to Beatles anytime, but that's when I really, it's like a comfort zone to me. Definitely a comfort zone. So you make comfort food listening to yeah. comfort music. Pancakes, yeah. Pancakes. <laughs> um, I would like to play, I want to hear play a little bit of Getting Closer, mm-hmm. and then could I ask you to play a song to play the show out? Sure. I mean, you brought the guitar. It'd be I a shame did. to only play it once. It'd be a shame for me and Gwen yes. to only uh-huh. see you play it once. It's Do you right. have one in your head, or am I putting you on the spot? Uh, I'll figure something out. All right. Yeah. Um, what if that was the only song you knew? The one you just <laughs> played? He's like, oh, jeez. Ask okay. me to play another. Okay, here's Getting Closer. I also want to do a little promoting, too, for Lawrence. Lawrence, you have a website? I do. Uh, LawrenceJuba.com. 
and you're also L A U R E N C E G U B E R. Although if you put a W in there, it'll get you there. It'll find it if you Google it. You'll find it. But you're also on Twitter. Yeah, I don't tweet very much. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, but I don't do that very much. So go to the website for all things. Yeah, website is is kind of that's the place to go. But I on. Getting closer, you know, there's the line about my salamander. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like not exactly the most romantic thing. But, yeah. but then, you know, I, I looked it up and there is another, there's a secondary meaning to salamander. Tell us what that is. That in a fire, the kind of little sprites of flame mm-hmm. are salamanders. Oh, so it gives a whole different perspective. So I have no idea if Paul ever intended. <laughs> when you're recording this, I like to think that you know, oh, well, that's kind of more romantic. So when you're recording this song at the time, you don't turn to Paul and go, "Hey, what's with the salamander?" You know, you don't really want to do that with Paul. Oh, look at <laughs> you know, it's like he's kind of the artist. So you know, my uh, my wife did not take my last name when we got married. Her last name is Alessandra. So when I sing that song, I sing my Alessandra. Aww. that's what I do. I know she doesn't even know that, but I do it. She doesn't uh, even know you do that? She probably doesn't know it. Um, too- I would like to just mention Spin It On since we're here. Okay, well then I'll... Pull. You don't have to... Do no, I have, it, I have it queued up. I so. love Spin It On. Okay, let's hear a little oh, bit too. of Spin... Yeah. Okay. It's, let's hear a little bit of Spin just It Just a little... Very nice. Yes. So cool. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. I also want to say, before Lawrence plays us out, I do want to say that uh, go to Amazon or go anywhere. They sell books and buy Guitar With Wings. It's a photo memoir. Features unpublished pictures of your time working with Paul McCartney and Wings. You can get it through my website, too. Is it better if they buy it through your website? Will you get... I'll uh, sign it if it goes Oh, look website. at that. Uh-huh. Okay, get it through the website. If I would have known that, I would have ordered our two through the website. But he's going to sign them for us right now when he leaves, when he's done. And uh, Lawrence, thank you so much. Again, It was it, this has been a real thrill and a pleasure for us. Thank you and very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Especially to get like this little mini private concert... And uh, I know you do gig around uh, L.A. a lot, which is great for us. So uh, A fair amount. I'm playing McCabe's oh. March 9th. And you've been at Vitello's before too, right? Yeah, I don't do that very often. All right. Um, mostly McCabe's is my local. That's your local joint. Yeah, my annual gig. And then I'm doing Orange County like next weekend. Oh. Well. I have an annual run of gigs down there too. That's terrific, too. But f- please, please f- forgive us if we don't go the whole way down to Orange County. But McCabe's. McCabe's. McCabe's will be at now McCabe's. McCabe's. <laughs> Have you seen Lawrence play live at McCabe's? Have I? No. Yeah. I've seen Lawrence play live at the Festival for Beatle fans, okay. which was Beetlefest back when I saw back it. Back then, yeah. Well, the next time he comes to McCabe's, we have to go. Yeah, let's go. You'll be my date. Okay. You'll be my concert wife. Oh, awesome. I actually have a, I have a, you don't know this, Gwen, and neither does Lawrence, but I have a, a friend of mine, Suzanne, goes to concerts with me because my wife doesn't like crowds, and so my wife calls her my concert wife. Perfect. Yeah. So you'll be that, but just for one. Just, just for, for one. Once. I won't take over. It's a tune of mine. 
this is Cobalt Blue. Hang on, let me tune it. All right. I put fresh strings on it. and Those damn fresh strings. Yeah. I always have to do it. Thank you, Lawrence Schubert. You're very welcome. Thank you, Gwen. <laughs> Thank you, Pat.